Blog Talk Radio. Back to life, back to reality, back to life, back to Back to reality. Lyrics that very accurately sum up where the Miami Hurricanes sit today as a new opportunity approaches this Saturday against Pittsburgh. A 3-0 start to any season always conjures up hope. And while not many people felt that the Miami Hurricanes would beat Clemson Saturday night, there unquestionably was hope that the game would be more competitive top to bottom than what it was. Clemson had three field goals blocked by the Hurricanes, a credit to great special teams preparation that identified a Tiger weakness. One of those blocks led to a free seven points just before the half. But other than that, the Tigers dominated all but a handful of plays against Miami, a back-to-reality message if there ever was one. It was a reminder to the Canes of how far they still have to go 
to become one of the nation's top programs again. Back to reality. But now let's travel back to life, where in today's world, there are only a handful of schools who have reached a Clemson level of excellence today. That opens up a great opportunity for Miami to finish this season strong. There are some good tests ahead, beginning with Pittsburgh this Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. But there's also a decent chance that Miami will be favored to win every single game left on the schedule. So that's going to be the overall theme of our discussion tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live, presented this evening by JFQ Lending, your full-service mortgage provider that is licensed in more than 40 states. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Canesport Live. As always, it's your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. More than 100 open phone lines, as always. Plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. You know the drill. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them tonight during the course of the evening. All right, so to set the table, it's been clear in every public statement that he has made this week, that Manny Diaz is trying to send a message to his players foremost, but also to you, the fan base, of which a segment obviously has the ears of the players. On one hand, are any of us wrong when we say that Miami should beat Pittsburgh on Saturday, should beat Virginia the week after, and so forth and so on? No, I don't feel anybody is wrong that says that. Miami football needs that standard. Miami has the capability to recruit better players than most of these teams in the ACC. That doesn't mean that those schools can't do a good job also and put good teams together. But it has been proven through the years that they can do that. But they don't have the recruiting base of Miami. And Miami has lost a lot of games in the ACC to all of these other teams and has not been able to dominate as expected since joining the ACC in 2004. So Diaz kind of has a point, I think. And I asked him about it yesterday. On Saturday and again earlier today, you talked a little bit about uh, Miami arrogance uh, in terms of always thinking that we should just you know, walk out on the field and beat Pittsburgh and Virginia and Virginia Tech and all of these teams in the ACC. And, um, and obviously, there, you know, there have been ups and downs in that department for many years now. Are, are you directing that at your players, the fans, just in general? And, you know, just what's the, the, the thinking behind that message that you're clearly trying to send? What we're talking about is inside this program that we have res- – we- we're, we're, we're taking an approach of having respect for everybody that we can play because what we've proven is that when we play well, we can beat anybody we play against. And when we don't play well, we can get beat by anybody we play against. And so 
I think what we just talk about in, in, in here is just having a respect that we can't just think we're Miami and we are more talented than, let's say, uh, Pitt or whoever, because we've been saying that for many years. And, when I, and, and just what, when I say, what I'm, maybe this way I'm answering your question, our players have been hearing that for many years, um, regardless of who the head coach is, and it's not been serving them well. So what we talk about is, is that we have to have respect for who we're playing. We have to understand that our chance of victory comes through our level of preparation, our level of work, and our level of, of, of staying together and, and believing in the team. Um, and that's what we talk about. The arrogance is not just to believe, well, you know, I was rated this coming out of high school, therefore this is what should happen. That, that's part of the arrogance I'm speaking of. All right, so he's right. It has not been serving them well. And, you know, I, I think Manny has a point. I mean, I, I think that everybody just assumes that Miami should be beating these teams, whether we're all right or wrong. I, I'm guilty. I, I'll I'll raise my hand right now and say I'm guilty of that. You know, I don't think – I believe that Miami should be a dominant force in the ACC exactly the way that Clemson is. You know, why is Clemson able to recruit at an elite level and, and, and more than anything, evaluate talent at an elite level and develop that talent at an elite level? There's no reason I can think of that Miami – Shouldn't be able to do the same thing. So I'm guilty of what Manny's talking about. And I know a lot of you guys are too. But I also don't think that there's any question that his message is being heard loud and clear by the coaches and players who obviously were not happy with Saturday's result. And nobody really has been more raw about it this week than offensive coordinator Rhett Lashley, whose offense had enjoyed a lot of success early this season, but was, I guess you could say, totally stymied by Clemson's high-quality defense, Miami was totally taken out of its game. We didn't see the tempo that we've been seeing this season. The Canes didn't have a, you know, running the ball great in the first three games. They didn't have a carry by a running back until the middle of the second quarter Saturday night. And for the entire night, had only 11 yards rushing by running backs Cam Harris, Don Chaney, and Jalen Knighton. 11 yards! It was absolutely stunning. Um, De'Ara King had been so great early in the season. He had a tough night other than that one spectacular scramble for 56 yards. Passing, he was 12 of 28 for just 121 yards. So this was a wake-up call to everyone that just changing schemes to an up-tempo spread is not an end-all solution for the Hurricane program. You've got to come to play every single week. And yeah, they, they might have brought their A game Saturday night and still not been able to beat Clemson. But we'll never know because I'm not sure we got the B or C game. And um, yeah, it was disappointing. I don't think it's something that you overreact to. You know, I don't think this is like fire Manny, fire Lashley, fire Baker, fire this. You know, I don't think you're at that point. You're sitting, you're three and one. You got two thirds of the season in front of you. And like I said, I think Miami has a chance to be favored in every single game they play for the rest of the season. Um, But it was a wake-up call to everyone that just something as simple as changing schemes is not an end-all solution for the program. And, you know, we talked with Rhett Lashley about that this week as well. Uh, I don't think uh, there's really any fairness to assessing one group over the other. We got whipped in every phase. You know, we got whipped up front. We got whipped on the perimeter. Uh, I got whipped. I didn't do a very good job. So, um, look – we got our tails kicked. 
um, give them a lot of credit. We didn't really execute well in any phases, running, protecting, throwing it, and, uh, you know, had penalties, very undisciplined, uh, turned the football over. I mean, there's, I think everybody saw it was pretty obvious. Uh, you know, we played very poorly and, and didn't really give our team a chance to win. So uh, your offensive system is, pr- is proven, battle-tested, and has been incredibly consistent, at least from, you know, what, what I've looked at, you know, from, from your past through the years. Um, obviously, it, it, Saturday night was a really big struggle. It, it was, do you can attribute that to just a, a personnel disparity between the two teams, execution, um, and what did you take out of it? And, and is there anything that might be applicable to the weeks ahead? You know, um, yeah, we've been consistent for the most part. Uh, I think part of it, you got to give Clemson a lot of credit. They're a good football team. I think the other part is we didn't execute really anywhere very well. Uh, we lost pretty much every one-on-one battle there would be, whether it be blocking, whether it be on the perimeter, you know, throwing and catching. Um, you know, I didn't do a good job late in the second quarter and specifically in the third quarter of jump starting us and getting us rolling. You know, we were ever never able to really get in a rhythm offensively and um, credit them and, and our lack of execution to the reasons for that. And that just, uh, you know, kind of snowballed on us and, and got away from us. Um, you know, I think it's one game. Just like you can't overreact to the first three games, you can't overreact to one game. Um, you know, I think our guys, we've learned a good lesson. We've got to obviously play at a lot higher caliber if you're going to play a team like, like that and, and produce any, any kind of results, much less uh, a lot better than what we did. But, you know, it's one game. Like I told the guys, the one game won't define us. Um, it's disappointing. We had an opportunity that we didn't take advantage of. Um, but the most important thing is how are we going to respond this week? we got an excellent pit team coming in here, and uh, we can't let that game beat us twice. All right, there's so much to talk about tonight, so let's get right to your calls. Again, the number, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Looks like we are starting tonight again in the 941. The guy that looks bound and determined to kick off the show every week. He's taken over for our man, Greg. And that is the Mikester Kane. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gre- hey uh, Gary. Nice nice to talk to you again. How are you doing? I know, you know, we're kind of down, but, you know. So let's get us started here. This is all my opinion. Yeah, we were both wrong. We were all fired up and hoping that we could beat this team. Well, we came crashing down to earth. We have a long ways to go, and we got a lot of work to do. I mean, to get this program back to where it was like 20 years ago, a lot of work. And uh, the second point I want to make is what is going on with our receivers here? They're not they're, – they're struggling to get open, you know. They're, they're not stuttering when there's a, like a five- to seven-yard cushion to get safeties and corners to bite. You know, I've noticed that a lot. I'm not sure if it's the receivers or the coaching, although I don't think it's coaching. I give I give uh, Rhett Lashley the benefit of the doubt on that one. And number three, recruiting. What's going on with this? I don't believe we have we don't have enough elite players. I mean, we have one in Brevin Jordan, but Pope hasn't really stepped up. Uh, I think COVID-19 might have had a little bit some somewhat to do with that. But, look, we need to be really aggressive in talent evaluation and landing more of what I would say mid four-star, like 5.9, or high four-star, like six- and five-star recruits. I mean, we keep 
we keep landing, you know, several mid to high three stars and, you know, which is okay if you want a lower tier bowl game and the five, eight, five, uh, nine and four season. But, you know, and I understand some kids bloom late, others flop. I also heard that Lorenzo Lingard was a flop at Florida. But if you're going to be a top, a top four team like Clemson, we got to do a better job of recruiting. All right, let me take these. Let me take these one at a time, um, Mikester, before you go any further. All right, the game, the game. I, I, you know, I didn't expect Miami to win that game. I thought they would cover the spread. I, I thought that with the offense being revitalized the way it was, that that we would see some offense up there. And you know, we really didn't see very much at all. I mean, if if you take that scramble by De'Ara King out of the equation and the one trick play, and I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, that that was a completed um, pass. I mean, that they didn't have 100 yards of offense in tra- of traditional offense in that game, and that's obviously not going to cut it. He won't cut it against Pitt this weekend, so it's certainly not going right. to be Clemson. So yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, I'm not personally overreacting to it. I I did not expect them to be able to play with Clemson. I mean, this team is still just four games removed from losing to FIU, um, Duke, and Louisiana Tech to end the season. Uh, we've yeah, got some tra- we've got some good good transfers, Mikester, but we got to remember yeah. they they were replacing some good players too. Uh, so, you know, the, the t- I think everyone would agree the team is better. It looks better. It looks different than it did at the end of last year. But ready to play Clemson, yeah. not even close. And to me, the most distressing thing might be just how far away they are from being at that point. And I think it's you know it's going to take several years of some real gang bucks gangbuster recruiting and we're going to have to prove that we're capable of that. You know, I don't know that we've proved that yet. And uh, I'm as excited about all the Dade County kids that are coming this year and and all as much as anybody, but I also have the understanding and fear that, you know, you can't go 20 deep in Dade and Broward County and think that you're going to be Clemson. You know, you got to be able to go up the state of Florida. You got to be able to go out of state and get impact players like they do. And uh, so we got a long way to go in that regard. So that's that's on that subject. Now, the wide receivers, you know, it's beyond blaming the coaches. You know, now you've got a new wide receiver coach this year, different from what you had last year. Unless every wide receiver coach that you roll through here, Mike Sturr stinks, which I don't believe is the case. Um, Now you got to start looking at the at the personnel. And, you know, Mike Harley is a kid that, I mean, the greatest character of anybody you'd ever want, tries as hard, works as hard, but he's a small little guy that is supposed to be a speed guy, but I don't see him out running anybody either. And he's always struggled to get open. I mean, he just struggles to get open. Uh, You know, Mark Pope has been a, a disappointment his whole career. He's, you know, having a really tough time, getting anything yeah. going and, and, and Wiggins, I mean, like he'll make a good play every now and then, but there's never any consistency that. and you never right. see anything get carried over week to week. I think it's getting about time to try the younger guys. I, I, I really do. Mike Sir. I, 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 I just don't yeah. think that you can just keep going on like this. Um, I think it's time, you know, you got a couple really, you know, good talented freshmen. I want to see more yeah. of them. Let's see if they can do better. Um, so, I mean, I, I will, let's say I, I, I would be surprised maybe if we didn't start seeing a little bit more of those guys this week. Um, Smith had the big catch on the trick play. 
uh, you know, he, yep. he, he's a, he's a kid that looks like he has some potential. Michael Redding, um, Xavier Restrepo. I, I mean, mm-hmm. we, I'd like to start seeing a little bit more of those guys and see if they can make a little bit more of a difference. Um, okay. And then yeah. your last question about recruiting, you know, here's the thing. If you look at the last, let's look at the last, you know, four or five years of recruiting Miami and Clemson. And it's right. been, it, it hasn't been that crazy. You know, Clemson is in, the, if you look at the rivals ranking, rankings, Clemson has averaged 12.8, you know, being in the 12, 12.8 spot. If you take the, the five years and you average them out, Miami's averaged 14.2. So on the face value of rankings, there's not this huge right. disparity. In 2016, Clemson was number six. Miami was number 23. Big edge to Clemson. 2016. In 2017, yeah. Miami turned it around. Miami was number 11. Clemson was number 22. Okay. In 2018, Miami was number six and Clemson was number eight. Then in 2019, the big disaster, Clemson was number nine and Miami was number 35. And then in 2020, Clemson again, number two, Miami number 13. So the last two years, Clemson's had a big edge. But before that, it was kind of back and forth. And it wasn't that pronounced. And those are supposed to be the older kids that are on the team right now. So what's happened? Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is all four-star recruits are not created equal. Okay, there's, there's more than 250 kids a year that are ranked four-star recruits. So over the course of four recruiting classes or five recruiting, let's say, let's say five recruiting classes that make up a football team every year, you're talking about around the country there were 1,250 kids that were ranked four stars. Okay. And, and they're not, number one, they're not all accurately ranked. You know, there's obviously some mistakes in there and stuff. So that's number one, but number two, they're not all created equal. So it matters how you evaluate them. It matters which ones you take. Are you paying attention to things like character? Are you not bringing kids into the program that aren't going to be in your program for three, four, five years? Uh, are you making right. mistakes on, on things like that? There's all kinds of factors that go, that go into it. And clearly, Clemson is excelling in a lot of those areas because their team is at a whole other level, even though the recruiting rankings are not that far apart if you average out the four or five-year period. So that's what I would say about the recruiting part of it. Uh, well, that's a good description of it, Gary. <laughs> Really hey, is, you asked. So. You asked, so I, you know, hey, try to no, give it to you no, straight. No. no, I see straight now. <laughs> I gotta <laughs> see straight now. <laughs> so, what else you got, so, Mike? Yeah, is there anything else tonight? Well, I am going to the uh, for game, and uh, you know, let's just hope. Uh, well, we should be able to come out there, come out of there with a win, don't you think? I think we should. I mean, I do, but I mean, this, you know, the Pittsburgh's competent. I mean, they're on on. On defense, I'll you know I'll throw yeah, I'll throw a few, I'll, I'll throw a few other things out of you. Like you look at their defense, they're um they're only allowing 1.7 yards a carry on the ground, and then they've got they've got a couple defensive ends just like Miami has that can rush the passer. Um, one kid, Patrick Jones, has already has seven sacks this year so far after having eight and a half the entire year last year, so he's better. And they've got this kid, Rashad Weaver, back, who had a, a, a really good good season back in 2018. He got hurt last year, 
But he had uh, six and a half sacks in 2018, 14 tackles for losses. He's not a bad player. So, you know, they've got some guys they, you know, on, on the defensive side of the ball that can make things a little tough. You know, they have a safety, Paris Ford, who's a really good player. So if you're not playing well, they, they can make it tough. But I do expect Miami to come out very highly motivated and well-prepared. And uh, I do expect Miami to win the game. Oh, yeah. And plus, they also got on the offensive side of the ball that quarterback picket. Yep. He's a guy that's yeah. played a lot of football. But he's a little inconsistent to me. Like, you know, sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not so good. And French, the receiver, you got to watch out for him, too, as well. Yep. Yep. So, all right, so, Gary. Well, let's all right, get on the show. Thanks. Take um, care and, uh, yep. Thanks for getting us started. Appreciate it. All right. Talk to you ne- we'll we'll right. talk to you See next you week. Yep. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go out now to the 540. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. How are you doing? Doing great. Who's this? Jason. Hey, what's up, Jason? What you got for us tonight? Hey, what's up? Uh, thanks for your uh, your music you played. You like that? Back yeah, to life, like baby. Back to life. Back to reality. That <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah. sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, definitely back to life, back to reality, and uh, when when you play that song, it, back to memories, really, because all we have are memories of when we were when we were good. And I remember when that song came out. It was back in the early '90s, and we were we were kicking ass. And I, I'm a big picture guy, and so uh, that's one reason why I called today because. I didn't want to call last week because everyone was uh, saying, "Are we back? Are we back?" And, and uh, people on on this show, and also even the media, and I just I'm just so tired of hearing that when we haven't done anything. And well, I, I, I think it's a it's, it's a desire, I'm, you know, it's a desire. People want Miami back, even if you're not a Canes fan. The, the the basic college football fan wants Miami back. Yeah, even if they don't want to admit it, it's, it's better for college yeah, football. For it's me. better for college football. It's more fun when, when the Canes are, are, are competent. Yeah. Well, I I, um, I think I'm, I suggested a song for you to play at one of your early Kingsport live shows earlier this year. And um, it's by a song by Rush and uh, the drummer by Neil Peart. He just died. And it's uh, Show Me, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> and so... Uh, <laughs> There's an uh, Eddie Van Halen just passed away. I'm just going to read a few of his lyrics from one of his songs. It almost kind of fits where we are. It says, uh, don't wait till tomorrow. Why put it off another day? One more walk through the problems built up to stand in our way. One step ahead, one step behind, and um, there's more. But I just just thinking as, as a big picture, you know, as in the immediate here and now, I think we can win the rest of our games. But in the big picture, we're taking a step ahead and we take a step behind. Is there any difference between where we are now with when Al Golden got fired in 2015? Only a little. Not a lot. No. I mean, people think think back to, you know, we still had had some decent players back then. I mean, stuff, too. I mean, there's not a large difference. (laughs) There's really not. There's there's not. There's not. That team team went up to Florida State and and lost by four points. That Mm -hmm. team had a – it was pretty decent, and you know, it was not the right thing to to keep out Golden. We, we should have got rid of him, but it's you know we're starving. We're starving to win again, and I, I've uh, 
I've been criticized on the board for being too negative, and but I just can't help it. I'm going to be negative until we're number one again. The standard is to be number one. The standard is not to win the Coastal. The standard is to be number one. I know we're not there yet. We have to win the Coastal first and win the ACC, but let's come back to reality as you play with your song. Well, right we're now, you know, yeah, I think I think we would both change. agree that the rest the rest of the games are winnable. And right now, you got to be thinking we got to win this thing out and go try again. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> win out. Hope hope Notre Dame has two losses, and if they don't, hopefully somehow you can win a tiebreaker with them and and go back and try again. Like you know, I don't. I, there's no other way to look at it. You know, and if 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 you don't make Charlotte and you still finish the season strong like that, you're going to probably be in the orange ball playing a team like Georgia or somebody like that. So you'll get a good test at the end of the year and they need tests. Like I, you know, it's like, I'm a big believer in that. I don't care. You know, if you're finding out that you're not really as good as you think you are and you're getting your butt kicked, that has value to me, you know, because you know, you, you being delusional about how good you are doesn't accomplish anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's better that we played Clemson early in the year instead of back in 2017. We played them um, in the ACC championship, and um, we we can improve. I know we could get better, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't care when we play them. I'll play them anytime, yeah. anytime they want. I don't care because it, it gives you a measurement of where you are. I have a big concern about the defense. Uh, I think the offense. Uh, I like. What has been happening, and it was disappointing with Clemson, and I think Rhett Lashley is a good pickup. We have issues with the offensive line, and we're just doing what we can there. But I think a big um, area Manny needs to be accountable is that he's been recruiting for this defense since 2016. Mm-hmm. Why isn't there a linebacker that is a difference maker? He's not recruited one linebacker that's been a difference maker, at least to this point. That's a fair – that's a fair discussion. No, no doubt yeah, about it. It's, our, that's our, fair. Our best cornerbacks, our best cornerbacks at defensive back, have been Corn Elder and Michael Jackson, who are out golden, golden recruits. Mm-hmm. The recruiting has not has the tackle. recruiting to this point has not been good enough. So, asking you this: Do you think, as all the all the years you've covered Miami football, and I've been following on your site for a long time, you guys have been been always given us detailed coverage. And I remember back of the recruiting trend when Butch Davis was recruiting. Do you mm-hmm. think that Manny Diaz and his staff have what it takes to succeed at the University of Miami and, and and basically do what Butch Davis did because that's what we want? Do you think that we uh, – to, to bring this team back and to go to eventually go and play Clemson and win and then contend for the national championship, do you see – the coach in the coaching DNA and Manny Diaz and and how he's running the program. Do you think that there are signs that he can be the person to lead it back to the top, or do you think the jury's still out? Oh, the jury's definitely still out. I mean, that has to be proven. Okay, you're not like you. You don't just. I mean, that's not something that you just anoint. I mean, that has to be proven. I mean, right. I think Manny uh, would agree. With, if you ask Manny that question, he would agree with what I'm saying. Like, I don't think he doesn't feel like he well, he has to prove. He he knows he has to prove himself. I mean, Manny doesn't have any kind of head coaching resume or anything to fall back on, or or even as a coordinator. I mean, there's no there were no championships <laughs> or or anything on you know on that on that 
on that resume or anything like that. Um, so, you know, I think he would be the first to say that, you know, he's a second year head coach who went six and seven in his first year and he's got a lot to prove. And yes, it, it, recruiting is going to be a big part of it. I, I think that they've done a great job, obviously in the transfer portal, which is allowing them to put a bandaid on what was a pretty dire situation in December and it's giving them a chance to have a decent season this year. And then you got to hope that a decent season this year becomes a springboard to better recruiting and, you know, they can move forward and just, and just build something. But you're, you know, the, the better question is, is everybody going to be patient enough to, to wait, you know, three, four, five years to, to even begin to, have any kind of data to answer that question that you're asking me i you know that's to me that's the question you know so i don't know you know i can't i don't have an answer for you i really don't um there's there's no there's no evidence there's no evidence for me to say yes and it would be unfair for me to say no right now you know i mean to me the time if you were going to say no was december when it was looked as bad as it looked and if you had a chance to do something that might be massively better than that, I thought that you had to think about it. Um, but that was not not going to be the plan. And, you know, now now you're kind of in it for the long haul. Um, you know, I, I think Manny's going to get his at least four, maybe even five years to, to, to prove that he can do this. This is year two. I agree. Let me rephrase your question. Do you see – this is what I meant. Do you, do you see signs of what are his strengths that that could possibly mean that he could probably really do this and get it done? What are his what do you think his strengths are right now? Because I'm concerned about the lack of team discipline, people talking trash when they're getting their butts beat at Clemson. I'm concerned about a lot of things, but help me open my eyes. What do you think are his strengths right now? What do you think are the things he's done really well that we, we can can possibly build on to be a head his, good head coach here? His clear strength to me is the effort that he can enlist from the kids. You know, I mean, very rarely do you look out there and, and even when we were, we were bad last year, I mean, and you know, we, we went to the bowl game, lost 14 to nothing to Louisiana tech. I mean, they only scored 14 points and you know, the defensive kids have been his kids and he gets them to play very hard. I mean, those kids couldn't have been playing any harder the other night. You know, I think everybody would agree. Um, that's his strength. He gets the kids to buy in and play hard. Um, you know, as a, as a football tactician, I, you know, I've never, you know, seen or heard anybody, you know, suggesting that, you know, Manny's in the upper echelon of college football in that regard. Um, as a recruiter, I think he still has a lot to prove. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I think that, that his calling card right now is the effort that he gets out of the kids. And they clearly like playing for him. So uh, it's going to have to be built upon. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, I think right now you focus on this year. You you know, you've got seven games left. I think they're all winnable. And if this team's sitting there 10 and one and possibly contending to go to go to Charlotte to get another shot at Clemson, or if not, maybe landing in the Orange Bowl against like a really good SEC team or something. uh, You know, I I think that you got to try to hope that's a building block. If we start yeah, losing be, these, yeah. if we start losing these games again, Jason, you know, I, I think we're going to be having an entirely different discussion on this show over the next two months. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't right, want man. that, and 
I've been very critical, and I don't want to be right. I'd rather be wrong. I hope he wins the national championship here at Miami. And um, I'm I'm glad he's made some changes, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. We can definitely win the rest of our games. I I am concerned about New uh, North Carolina at home. I think they're going to be even stronger at the end of the season. North Carolina is a very good team. They're very good. Their offense is, is exceptional. So yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be that'll be an interesting game. All right, Jason, give us a call next week. We'll see what happens All against right, Pitt. All right, man. No, good talking to you. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the eight four five, where I believe our man Greg is waiting in the number three hole tonight. Greg, you've lost it, man. You used to be number one every week. What happened? Uh, I'm losing it. I don't know. I'm losing it. Like, whatever. Let's get right to it. Um, I look. I saw you put in there one change to the depth chart with Strepo as the punt returner. What the hell was he doing out there on punt returns the other night? Being a being a true freshman. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. being a true being a true so freshman under the lights for the first time. Okay, we got 80 players on the team. We can't get a guy back there that knows what the hell they're doing on punt returns. I don't get it. It's a joke. Okay. Uh, you, want, you want to make some changes to the depth chart? How about getting rid of Pope, Wiggins, Harley, Ford, Jennings, McLeod, Carter, and Nicosi Perry? They're all dead wood. They're garbage, Okay. How many times are we going to give up third and longs the other night? What the hell were we doing for two weeks, these coaches? Explain that to me. ATN is the best player on their team, and you let him beat us. Jennings and McLeod cannot run with ATN. Why don't you put Frierson and Smith out there at the same time? I, I don't understand this coaching staff at all. It's the same dead woods going to be out there this Saturday. Okay? Pittsburgh is first in the country in sacks and first in tackles for loss. So if our offensive line is like it was last week, we're in trouble. Okay? How the hell – how about bringing Jess Simpson back as the coordinator? He just – his – coach just got let go by the Falcons. Maybe we could bring him back in. Well, he has, for, for starters, he chose to leave. Coach. I don't think he's coming back, Greg. <laughs> it was his choice to leave, so I don't think okay, he's coming back. The, the other thing is he's, he's never been a coordinator, so you're going to just throw him in and be a defensive coordinator? Look, everyone, I don't, I, someone's going to have to explain this to me. Everyone is, is all over Blake Baker, and I keep saying, why are you all over Blake Baker? Blake Baker is there running Manny's defense. If Manny fires Blake Baker, he might as well fire himself. Because the reason Blake Baker is here is because he's a Manny protege. He understands Manny's system, and that's basically what he's out there running. And I'm not saying he doesn't occasionally have an idea of his own or a wrinkle that he wants to throw in that he runs by Manny or whatever. But that's the head coach's defense, you know, in defensive scheme. Okay. And and it's not the first time. It's not the first time it's given up 550 yards either, Greg. 
I mean, you could go back 18 years. There have been plenty of games where, you know, Manny's defense has gave up a lot of yards. Right. So maybe Manny's not as big a genius as he thinks he is. 15 penalties. That's coaching. 15 penalties. Not enough discipline for sure, but I've never heard Manny say he's a genius. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think he's a coach. I think he's a coach trying to do the best he can in his career. Um, you know, obviously make the most money just to create the greatest life he can for his family. And if he is not good enough or not qualified enough to be the head coach at the University of Miami, don't blame Manny Diaz. Because okay, God forbid you're right, and he's going to get four to five years. Well, I mean, he's, he's, then there's nothing going to happen this year for sure, no matter what happens. And now you're going to be already in year three. So, like, yeah, I don't – I mean, listen, I, my, my opinion is you've got to give a coach at least four under normal circumstances. But I think you've got to see what happens here. Like, we don't know what the record's going to end up being this year. You know, after watching how, how overmatched they were by Clemson – I mean, doesn't it put a little bit of a doubt in your mind and, and make you wonder, wow, are we really going to be a lot – are we really going to be better than all of these ACC teams like we think we are? And Manny's the first to put us in our place with what he said. I don't know if you were listening at the beginning of the show. I played it. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, he's putting us in our place. I mean, I said I was guilty, and I am guilty. I don't think they should lose another game this year. They got North Carolina at home. Like, I don't – I don't think they should lose another game. I think they should be a 10 and one team and they won't be 10 and one good. And anybody that starts yelling and screaming, Miami's back, they're 10 and one is out of their minds, but they, they, I think they could be 10 and one. So, you know, and, and I might end up being crazy and, and it, maybe we we're sitting there and we only have seven or eight wins and we blow a few of these games. Uh, I, I think there's, there's doubt, right? Aren't you, don't you have a little bit of doubt now after watching that game Saturday night? Yeah, I do. You just told me that to, to the last caller that we're as, we're about as good as we were when Al Golden got fired. So that means we're going to lose at least five games this year because Al Golden well, that were eight uh, and five that year. Yeah, but Al Golden was was a victim of keeping D'Onofrio. They, you know, we had we our players weren't terrible. Like we didn't have, you know, we had some guys. We had some guys that could play. Yeah, we did. We, we certainly did. We had a hell of a lot better offensive line than we do now. Yeah. All right. One last point. What's going on with Brevin Jordan? Is he playing this week? I believe he is. I haven't, we haven't heard that he's not. So, okay. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. He seemed okay after the game. You know, it might have just been a precaution. You know, the game was pretty much over. You know, Brevin Jordan out there wasn't going to make a difference at that point. So what's your feeling on do, are we losing any recruits over this debacle list? No. Week? No. Where are they going to go? They can't even take a visit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they can't be visited and they can't take a visit. No, we're not losing any recruits. Oh, good. After watching last week, I've changed my mind. Bring in Terrence Lewis. We could use somebody who can run at the linebacker position. All right, thank you. All right, Greg. Maybe this week will be better. Hopefully you'll be in a happier in a, in a happier state of mind next Tuesday night. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Um, 
let's go out now to the 865. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. It's James from Tennessee. What's up, bud? Hey, what's up, James? Welcome back. Hey, good to be back, bud. Well, you know, I I was thinking about, you know, what are what are we going to talk about this week and so forth? And I'll be the first to say I was dead wrong about the 38 to 35 prediction last week with Borgallis uh, uh, hitting a game-winning field goal. It, it would have been nice. It was a nice dream and so forth. But that dream uh, quickly went up in smoke right away in that first quarter more than anything. Um, a couple of things real quick because I really didn't pay attention to – who won the, the the coin toss or, or what have you? Not that that really matters, but I if um, I was surprised if Miami had won that coin toss. If we did elect to go on defense first, I get it to try to set the tone, and you know you're one offside penalty away from getting them off the field, and maybe that maybe the game is a different story and so forth. But and I'm not trying to second guess. They were heads and shoulders above us. I mean, if you look there were maybe two positions where two of our guys could have started for any of their people. And that's Brevin Jordan at tight end and Bubba Bolden. And, and I just, yeah, but I'll tell you that tight Bubba end they had was not bad. That tight end was oh, not he bad. Was, oh, he's solid, solid Gary. So, I mean, they were solid. Let me tell you something. They had guys that don't look like they would make it in the NFL, but damn, they sure play hard and they hit, you know what I mean? Like they just, they fit their system. They are very good at evaluating the needs that they have and what they need for their football team. And I saw it from top to bottom. There was one year, I think you were going through the rankings or so forth, that they didn't have that big of a recruiting class, but they met their needs extremely well, and they're in it every year, and, and they get the guys that fit their system and what they want to run. I thought their offense, truthfully, was going to take a step back, regardless of the fact that you had – ETN and um, and and uh, the quarterback there, Sunshine. I, I forget his name, Lawrence. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, but you have them there. I thought that they would miss a step because I know they had that co-offensive coordinator thing. But they, when you have those two guys, it makes that transition much easier. And then that quarterback that they brought in last, uh, the backup. I mean, God, is he going to be a monster? Two hundred and fifty pound guy that can run, and and I guess he can throw it too. Uh, so it just never stops with them. And I was just thinking to myself, my goodness, what do we have to do? And I know we've talked about it and beat it to death, and I don't want to spend too much time because you've already mentioned that about, you know, maybe getting a plan in place to keep the guys with an insurance policy so they're not going to the pros and they stay in the system because they keep those guys three to four years, and they're happy as hell to be there. Mm -hmm. And in Podunk, Clemson, Carolina, Gary, you know what I mean? And and you've got Miami. And I know this was before the pandemic and so forth, but you had beautiful women, things to do and so forth. And you think that the city and the the university would sell itself. But uh, there's just so many things that went through my mind while I watched the game. But Greg just uh, actually kind of stole my thunder with what I wanted to say. What did we do for two weeks? Uh, I mean, this was something that I brought up last week that was my one concern going into the game. We were absolutely atrocious coming off of bye weeks and lost all three of them last year and looked completely unprepared each time. And look at the opponents. I don't even want to compare the opponents we faced last year to this juggernaut that we just faced. But, Gary, it was a disturbing 
thing to see, my brother. I, I was very, very upset to see that. I thought that at least we had a game plan in place. Why didn't we run the ball? Were we that shell-shocked to be down 7 nothing that we had to go and try to do the stuff that Rhett was doing? I am glad to hear that Rhett took accountability and responsibility, that he got his butt whipped himself. And the one positive thing is I don't think we have to worry about him leaving right off the bat. If I think we won on Saturday, then you have to start worrying about countering money. I think this guy's here for a couple years. But the one thing I need to ask you, Gary, and I'm going to touch on the receivers just briefly, they have got to get in the weight room. Uh, and, I, and I hope if we – and I'm right, right with you with the younger guys. They need to be given a shot because the guys that are playing right now, God love them, they get blown like with just a, a – like – like like just a little blow and they fall over. There is they need to like learn from Derek King what leg day means, man. Because Derek, it, it's tough to bring him down. Those guys they run into each other and they fall down like it's nothing, and it's it's embarrassing to watch. I mean, it really is. And they just need to get stronger. And maybe they're just not as good, just like what you said. But if they don't have the speed and they don't have the strength to be out there, then let's give some of these younger guys a look. But the thing that we've talked about already. 2021. My question is the offensive line coach that's there now, who has done a remarkable job considering where we were at last year. Okay. But my question is the receivers coach, the running backs coach, this, this offensive staff more than anything, are they recruiters that can get the key guys at these positions like wide receiver and offensive line, as well as quarterback for Rhett Lashley, if he chooses to be here and stay here, Gary, are they the guys that can not only do X's and O's, but also recruit the guys that are needed to run those X's and O's like Clemson? We don't know. I mean, how would we, you know, right now they're basically just taking all South Florida kids. There's not a whole lot of recruiting going on, so to speak. Um, we don't have a quarterback in the class. So we don't, you know, we don't know how, you know, I mean, other, I mean, you got to give Rhett Lashley credit for recruiting De'Ara King. I mean, that was recruiting. And, you know, that was a great job by him to, to, to rescue what was a really a, not a great situation uh, when he took the job here. Um, but right now there's not a quarterback in the class. So, you know, we don't really know how he's going to do recruiting the next guy that um, they may end up taking a transfer again. We'll see. Um, you know, running backs, we've got a couple good running backs committed. Does coach Hickson get credit for that? I mean, I don't think you, you don't give him credit for it. Um, but I, you know, I think you got, you got to like the the guys that are committed at running back right now. Um, you know, receivers, you know, mostly the local kids at the, at, at, at this point, uh, Romello Brinson, you know, I think is a good prospect. Uh, obviously, um, the Smith kid from Palmetto is, is a good prospect. Um, you know, Florida wanted him pretty bad. So, you know, offensive line, I, I think we're just okay there. I mean, we, you know, three South Florida kids, you know, I'm not sure that that's what, what what's there is is good enough. Uh, you know, Ryan Rodriguez, I think, is a he's a decent center prospect. Uh, I don't think he's going to come in as a freshman and change the program. Uh, Michael McLaughlin, you know, he's a project any way you look at it. Uh, Lawrence Seymour, I think, is the most highly regarded of the three, but he's going to, I think, you know, he, he's small. I mean, he's going to need a couple years in the weight room, in my opinion, before you can expect him to make an impact. So I don't think there's instant answers coming in the recruiting class 
you know, like like people might like to think, once you get past, you know, James Williams, I think he probably should have a chance to make an impact as as a, as a freshman. And um, I think Leonard Taylor is going to develop into a really good defensive tackle. I'm not sure we're going to see it year one. So, like, I, anyway, my point is I don't think that there's guys in this recruiting class that are coming in and changing the program year one. Um, so, you know, we don't know how these guys can recruit because they can't go out and recruit. And to me, the measurement of their recruiting is going to be when the day comes that they can go out and can they get kids upstate. The, you know, the top kids from the upper part of the state to come to Miami instead of going to Florida or Florida State? Can they go out into different pockets around the country and pull impact guys that will come down here and be starters? You know, I'm not looking for backups from, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, or New Jersey or whatever. You got to be able to go out and you need to find guys out of state that are good enough players to come down here and be starters. Otherwise, you're better off just taking Florida kids. Um, so we'll find out, but I don't know that we're going to find out this year. Agree. No, no, I agree. I, I think, I, and I guess, you know, I, I didn't, I, I keep forgetting about, not that I should, about the pandemic, but it's just more about, like, I guess their background of coaches, where they come from in the places that they were before, whether they were those position coaches or a different position, if maybe they had maybe inroads in certain areas or pipelines. You know, I know that Rhett Lashley had, uh, some background there in, in, in with the TCU recently, maybe some some Texas uh, uh, prospects that could come to Miami. We've won in the past with guys from Texas and California, respectively. Um, also, I know the fact that, you know, he had some ties with Alabama, or not Alabama, Auburn uh, a few years back under Chiswick and, and, uh, and that, that group, Malzahn. So I was just kind of curious if, 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 that, if that would help in the future. And like I said, the city itself, it sells itself. You know, Miami, it does. And so forth. And the campus is gorgeous. Um, you know, th- th- that's just the thing that I'm just hoping when that time does come that they just don't keep it exclusively to Florida kids because you need uh, kids from all over, but the right kids, like you said, Gary. Now, moving on real quick, the thing that I challenged this week that I've looked for, and like I said, I've wanted to see improvement uh, from last year's team to this year's team, and you've seen it. I don't want all the fans to cry, you know, look, realistically, we should have covered the spread. Um, If we lose, we lose. I would have liked to have seen us be right there. And a couple of plays in the third quarter, maybe it's a 21-17 ball game. I don't know. And then you're playing with house money at that point. The fact that you were even still in the game with how bad that first half went is is unbelievable. And and it's attributed to Bubba Bolden and some of those kids' character out there for still fighting, bleeding noses, and just just going out there and and just keep trying. And and that's the one thing where I felt there were times where – we gave up in the past under past regimes and maybe they do fight for Manny and that's important. And that's something that they need to build on. The thing that I would love to see Gary is that they stick around and maybe it does talk about Miami investing a little bit more in taking care of these kids. Look at, look at the damn Sunday with Dak Prescott of what happened. That could happen to any kid. You're one play away from it being your last play, unfortunately. So Clemson keeps their guys there. Miami needs to find a way to keep our guys there because it would have been a lot nicer having the upperclassmen to compete with those guys instead of them barely being on practice squad rosters and we've talked about that but I don't want to spend any more time on that Gary the one thing though that I want to look forward to is we have covered spreads we've beaten the teams that we've needed to um, 
even though they were both atrocious in Louisville and uh, Florida State. Right now, UAB is looking like our best win um, coming up this week against Pittsburgh. Now, the one thing is, uh, in the past, we have not done a good job of responding from losses. You've had these two or three loss streaks in a row. Last year was, was weird because up until the end of the year, you'd lose one, win one, win one, lose one, and then the end of the year, they just the bottom fell out. But what I want to see is a team that comes out. I don't care about noon. I don't care where the game is played. You've got an opponent. You lost last week. The hell with that. You've got to come out there, play your game, get the, get the train back on track, and keep going. Because like you said, Gary, there's a lot to play for. And if we don't play Clemson again, I would still say this season is a complete success if you finish 10-1 and and you've got an Orange Bowl bid with a chance to play a team like Georgia or another caliber team like that. And that's what I'm hoping that this team sees. And I hope some of these guys like Eric and the others that are even thinking about going to the NFL, that maybe they get together and say, this place is a great place to play. Maybe we have a shot next year, and let's try to do it again. That's the one thing I hope for, Gary, more than anything. I don't know if it's a fool's dream, but I'm hoping that that's what these kids learn and love to play for each other and want to play for this university that I root my ass off for and I have rooted for for 36 years now. All righty, James. Well, uh, thanks, as always, for your input, and uh, give us a call next week. We'll see what happens against Pitt this weekend. Thanks, Gary. Go Canes. You got it, man. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, let's go take, make a quick check-in with our canesport.com managing editor, Matt Shodell. Uh, Matt, how you doing tonight? Everything's good, man. Just getting ready for another game, another big game, in my opinion. So talk to us. You're hearing this wide variety of um, opinions and thoughts that's being thrown around here on the show. Uh, what did you take out of Saturday night? Um, I mean, <laughs> if you watch the game, I mean, unless you're just sort of oblivious. I mean, Miami's not obviously at that level yet. So, you know, look, with, with that said, it's still early in the season this could be Clemson's greatest team ever for all we know, you know, Miami still obviously has a chance to get better, but I think I posted this. I mean, I see the Pittsburgh game as just as big a game, if not bigger now following the Clemson game, because the season can either go off the rails and then you wind up having some recruit issues uh, or it can get back on track. So they, they have to, sort of get back in the, in the swing of things really fast here and can't have these hangovers that they've had in the past um, when they play against Pittsburgh, which has a, a, a really good defense and is probably going to do a lot of what Clemson did on defense. And, uh, you know, the, the only concern there being, that as, as has been mentioned, uh, you know, the Miami wide receivers haven't done much uh, to this point. And if they can't beat anyone one-on-one down the field, this offense is probably going to struggle again. So, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. You know, I, I mean, Pitt, Pitt's got some good credentials, but I, I'm, I can't even uh, – I mean, I don't even think we need to even think about the fact that they have personnel even close to what Clemson has. I mean, they got a couple nice players. They've, they've, they've done a decent job, but they're, it's not like they're not giving up points. I mean, they, you know, they, they started out – I mean, they did a good job against Louisville. They held Louisville to 20 points. I think that was a – a really good accomplishment. So that tells you that they are capable of something, but then they, in the, in the next two games, both of which they lost by one point, they gave up 30 points in, in, in each of them. So um, I'm not quite sure I would 
you know, put the pit defense in the same breath as the Clemson defense. But if Miami comes out and doesn't play well, I think you and I would both agree that, you know, Pitt's a dangerous opponent. Yeah, no, obviously, look, there's no team in the ACC and not many teams in the country that you would even close to Clemson's level, certainly not Pittsburgh. But the concern, if you want to look at it from a concern standpoint, is um, Pittsburgh's strengths on defense sort of play to Miami's weaknesses on offense in the sense that, um, you know, Pittsburgh, their front four averages three sacks a game. Miami's offensive line showed that they don't handle a blitz real well this past game from a, from a good front. Um, Pittsburgh averages, believe it or not, I think they played five games already remarkably. Um, they average giving up yards per carry 1.7 in all five yep. games combined. Okay. And that's Boston college, NC state, Louisville, Syracuse. Okay. Four of those games. So it, it's not an easy team to run on. So their strengths, are going to be a problem for Miami because Miami needs to sort of run. Miami's weakness on offense from what I've seen so far, and again, it's early in the season, maybe this won't be the case, but it seems like throwing the ball down the field is the biggest weakness and maybe really the only weakness of the Miami offense. If they could throw the ball down the field successfully, 15 yards plus, where I think they're averaging now under 20% completions, uh, they would be excelling. But if that doesn't change, I think Pittsburgh's going to cause them problems. Now, the good news is Pittsburgh has a terrible offense. I don't see Miami losing the game by any stretch of the imagination. But again, you don't want to be in a dogfight in the fourth quarter. It might wind up being one of these 16 to six games at the end of the day or or something that might be close where if Miami makes a mistake, it might be even closer, you know? So look, the the reason I I mention it is because you really have to show in the game after losing to Clemson that you're back on track and that you can win the rest of these games and then get another shot at Clemson. And, and, you know, that's all you can do at this point. Right. Um, so in the, in the past several years, we've seen Miami just have these problems where they get in these funks, and it would be great to see that not be the case. You know, that would be such a huge milestone for this program because that's really the step you want to see before you start competing with the Clemsons, right? When you do have a mistake that, you know, whether it's a loss in a game or a mistake during the game, that you bounce right back, and it's like, you know, nothing ever happened. That's, that's, that's really what you have to do. So. That's what I'm looking for Saturday. That's why I think this is as big a game as the Clemson game was now that the Clemson game happened, uh, because you cannot afford to just have your, you know, just to look like you're out of sorts again. Well, you know, one thing, you know, for people that like to be concerned about things, I mean, one thing you do have to be concerned about is the fact that Pat Narduzzi is one of the better defensive coaches in college football. And now he gets a chance to study how the guy that's universally considered the best defense coordinator in college football defended the Rhett Lashley offense. And he gets to go look at that tape and look at exactly what they were doing and replicate what was working. And um, Miami's going to have to be ready to be better. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't, obviously the Pittsburgh, whatever they do with, they will be doing it with a little bit of a lesser athlete, but you know, Narduzzi can, can scheme it up pretty good. So um going to be a very interesting uh interesting afternoon at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday. Any other thoughts, Matt? I mean, I would just add, you know, Rhett Leslie has not faced this level caliber defensive coordinator in his whole career, right? So that's another interesting aspect to watch for this Saturday is did he make the adjustment? Because he knows Pitts can do the same thing as Clemson did. So is he able to make the changes to his offense? Because, I mean, those the, the perfect example was Clemson immediately recognized the two horizontal, you know, receiver 
uh, quick passes out to each side, back-to-back plays, right? And immediately recognize them, blew them up completely, and they never even lined up in that formation ever again after that, right? So now does Rhett recognize, okay, we do have a smaller playbook so the kids can work fast, but let's add in these three new-look formations that are going to run basically the same play, you know, just like what they did with, with, with um, Travis Etienne at, uh, at Clemson, right? They ran different running back <laughs> screens. It, it looked like the same screen, but it was a different formation, a different look, and they would still get him the ball on third down on the screens. Like, will, will Rhett Lashley make those changes that you sort of have to at this level against these great coordinators? I think he will, and I think it's going to be effective. But until you see it on Saturday, you know, that's sort of still a question mark. Now, the good news is Miami has so much talent. I still believe in Mark Pope and D. Wiggins, and, and to a lesser extent, Mike Harley, only because he's had a lot more opportunities. But D. Wiggins and Mark Pope are off the charts in terms of what they can do when they sort of, you know, I guess get it at this point. I don't understand how but they, they never do it, Matt. plays to this point. I, I mean, they I never, they never do it. I mean, I mean, I D. Know. Wiggins is a prototype. Like he can run. He's a big kid. You know, I mean, if you if you're recruiting a receiver, I mean, you're looking at D. Wiggins and saying, I want that guy. But he, he it never shows up on game day. You know, and you made a good yeah, point I mean, a minute you know ago. Yeah, I was just going to say you made a great point a minute ago about Lashley not having face coordinators like this. No, he didn't. When he was at at SMU last year, lighting it up, he didn't go against guys like Brett Venables and Pat Narduzzi. I mean, this is a step up in competition for him, and it is for De'Ara King, too. I mean, at Houston, he wasn't playing teams like this. The defense that he saw Saturday night was, without question, the best defense he's ever seen in his life. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to add was that, I, I, you know, as much as I appreciate deep shots, it just seems like Miami's either thrown within five yards of the line of scrimmage or thrown 30 yards downfield. And I would love to see just some, some quick slants, you know, those those five to 15 yard routes that you just see every team in the NFL running. You just haven't seen Miami and Miami might be running them, but they're not throwing that route. So I would love to see Miami sort of go to the middle, you know, the, the 10, the, the five to 10 yard portion of the middle of the field, which they just never throw in that area. It seems like, um, well, when you're playing with a five, eight quarterback, throw. when you're playing with a five, eight quarterback, well, well, guess what though? Sometimes you have to, I mean, you have to get, yeah, but, it, but it, it's sometimes it's hard to complete those balls. He can't see, he can't see where the defenders are necessarily. And you've got defensive linemen in his face. So yeah, well, guess that what? Might, I mean, that, you can't just throw deep or throw horizontal. You can't. You can't. I mean, I don't disagree so with, to, I don't disagree with you, but I, line. but I do think that that's one of the penalties of having a shorter quarterback. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too. Absolutely. All Matt. Well, thanks, Emil, for your input, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, this week. Looking forward to it. All right. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. It's Matt Shodell, right. our phenomenal managing editor at canesport.com. Um, the number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you would like to come on the show and let's see, let's go see where I'm at here. Um, Let's go to the two, four, zero. You're live on Kane sport live. How are you doing tonight? What's up, Gary? This is uh, D black. Hey, what's up D black. Welcome back. Not much. Um, yeah, I got a a quick disagreement with you about the five, eight quarterback. throws Over the middle King was making those throws at Houston. I don't know why they're not being called now. Definitely wasn't going to be called on Saturday with the pressure he was facing. But I got some points. I got like six points I want to make real quick. 
Um, point one. Point one, Gary, when you was talking about Manny and that arrogance, see, that's coming from a coach who's never won anything in his life as a coach. He's never won nothing as a coach. Never. So for him to say or to put he never he didn't put me in my place because there's a difference between being arrogant and underestimating your opponent. See, arrogance is good sometimes to know that you're good and to know that you're going to go into this game and kick a team's ass. But it's another thing to go in there and just underestimate your opponent. It's two different things. There's nothing wrong with, a, nothing wrong with being a little arrogant. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Some of your greatest players were arrogant, especially at DB. Jalen Ramsey, when he was at Florida State, was arrogant. He's arrogant now, but he backs it up. Dion, arrogant. Ty Law, arrogant. Charles Woodson, arrogant. Arrogant. Asante Samuels, even though he was a a, a cover four corner, they don't underestimate. They, they they never underestimate their opponent. They respect their opponent, but they also know their ability. So my thing is, Manny, there's nothing wrong with anybody on the team saying, "Yo, we got pit. Yo, yo, we gonna put their face in the dirt this week." But still practice hard, still respect them for who they are and what they're capable of doing. Yeah, if I go out here and and, and I lay an egg, yeah, they, they can't beat us. But if I go out here and I play my game, yo, this game ain't even close. See, that's coming see, that's coming from a guy who's never won anything, Gary. He's never won nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you think Mario would say some shit like that? Pardon my friend. No. Or do you think do you think Butch would say some shit like that? Pardon my French again, Jimmy, or even or even Dennis Harrison. You know, I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. I think where Manny's coming from is, hey guys, like you know, we're we're losing to you know Sunbelt teams last year at the end of last year. I, I, uh, guess, you know, we what? we we have no we have no business taking anything for granted. And I guess he just wants to make sure that his players and the people that are in the ears of his players aren't taking it for granted. He wants them on edge. I got you. But guess what? Guess what's the common denominator for them losing to some Bell count, uh, play, t- I mean team, excuse me, coaching. Coaching. Yeah, but he, he, so fired, three, he fired three guys I, after last I, year and brought in three new guys. I, I mean, at what, at what on, point on, do, we, like, do we, we just keep blaming coaches? Gary, I'm listen. You ain't I'm, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what I'm. I'm talking about his comment about losing to La, La Tech. I'm talking. Yeah. I'm talking about that coaching. You you you're bringing that up, uh, Manny. But that's coaching. That falls on you and your lack of coaching in, in the staff that you put together. Now moving forward, we still got a lack of coaching on the defensive side. The defense, like going back now. Hold, hold on, hold on. All right, I got that. Go to my second point. I'm gonna get the Blaker. I'm gonna get the Baker. But let me go to my second point. My second point. FSU, Florida State, and Clemson. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run something down for you, Gary. 2012, right? 2012, Florida State versus Clemson. Florida State won 49-37. 2013, Florida State beat them 51 to 14. 2014, Florida State beat them 23-17 in overtime. 2015 is when Clemson finally got over the hump and started beating them consistently from 2015 to 2019. And then in 2015, they beat them 23-13. 2016, they beat them 37-34. Then Clemson started blowing them out starting 2017, where they beat them 31-14. 2018, they beat them 59-10. And then last year, they beat them 45-14. What am I saying? 
What, what am I saying with that? Where am I going? To my third point. That means Clemson wasn't Clemson overnight that we see. In the in the in since 2010, Florida State was controlling them. It took it took time. Clemson has been running. They've been running the same system for over 10 years, right? Throwback screen that they threw Saturday night to the tight end. They ran that same play when they beat Al Golden 58 to nothing. They showed the highlight. They ran that same exact play. So they've been running this scheme for over 10 years. So they know this thing inside out, like like the back of your hand, like your neighborhood. I'm pretty sure you can drive home with your eyes closed and still get to your house. Now, not making no excuses, but that's what it is. Um, Now going to my fourth point, talk about the linebackers, right? Coach Diaz coached the linebackers before Baker got there. And a caller put it so greatly that, he hasn't recruited no impact linebackers. The last impact linebacker we had in this program was recruited and coached up by Michael Barrow, Denzel Perryman. There hasn't been a middle linebacker in this program better than him since he's left. I don't think nobody's going to argue that. We haven't, had a be- we haven't had a linebacker coach that can recruit and develop talent better than Michael Barrow. Now, you were saying Blake Baker, before I get to that point, let me talk, let me say something about what he said about uh, Zach McLeod. When he said, "Oh, Zach McLeod, he needs to control his emotions a little better." Now, Gary, I was talking to a friend of mine. I was talking to TJ, and I said to him and myself, "We've been playing football half our life, you know. And as a running back, you know, when the game started, you hype, you amp, you got you full of energy, you know. So that adrenaline is pumping. So in that first carry, maybe I may." get to the hole a little quicker than I'm supposed to. I don't set it up. I don't let the pulling guard or tackle come through. But I go to the sideline, the coach is like, yo, you got to be patient. Set it, let, let that thing develop for you. They only have to tell me that once, if they got to tell me at all. But when I constantly see your linebackers always a step behind, constantly taking bad reads the fourth game of the season, that's coaching. You're not a good linebackers coach. Now, two, you're saying he's running Manny's defense. Can't be running Manny's defense. Doesn't look the same. It, it doesn't. It may be of course Manny's he's defense. running Manny's it, defense. It, it, hold on. It may be. Hold on. It, listen, 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 listen. That's like Cat coach youth football, right, Gary? And I don't see. Listen, this is like Cat who coach youth football. They play John Madden. They're a bunch of John Madden all-stars, so they won't get their offensive playbook off of John Madden, but they don't know how to apply it and run certain plays when need be. They figure they go out here and they're going to coach the way they play John Madden. So, yeah, it may be Manny's scheme. He just ain't calling it right. Miami is too big of a program for him. He's not suited or built for big time. He's more suited for where he came from, La Tech. This may be Manny's system, but he got the wrong guy running it because just, just how we say Braxton uh, – not Braxton, but the Braxton Burial. Uh, um, uh, Restrepo was a freshman under the lights, Blake Baker still is a deer in the headlights in the big games. He can't run Manny's system right. But, he but can't man, run system I mean, right. Manny's on the headset with him. Manny, like, I don't, it's, I'm it's just not buying, I don't know, man. I could be, maybe listen, I'm totally wrong on this, D Black, you but are, I'm just not, buy, I'm not buying it, and I'm hearing it everywhere. Listen, I mean, listen, constantly I'm, I'm, on the listen, message boards at Canesport, everybody wants to fire Blake listen, Baker. Because, come, listen, Gary, listen. Listen, 
you're great at what you do, right? You're great at what you do. You're a writer. You're an editor. You're, you're great at what you do. I can never give you advice on how to write, Gary, because I'm not a writer. See, I'm not a writer. You are. So I can never give you advice or critique you on your writing because that's what you do, Gary. You was born to be a writer. I'm a football player and a coach, so I'm going by what my eyes see. That's like if Jim Lantley tells you something about a boxer before, and then Floyd Mayweather tells you something totally different, who are you going to believe? But D. Black, what are you seeing? What are you seeing that makes you think that Blake Baker is right, not running this, what this, Manny what this, Manny this, Manny no, scheme no, no, no. and isn't doing what Manny wants him to do? Like this, you don't this, think this, that they spend no, this, tens of hours a week going over the game plan, what they're going to call in what situations, and that Manny's not look, on the headset with them during the game? Look, I'm not listen to what I'm saying. I'm not. Look, I just said I didn't say he's not running Manny. I didn't say he's not running Manny. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't say that. He's running Manny's scheme, but he's not the right guy to run it because he's not making the right calls at the right time. Like, you know, it's fourth in, it's fourth in God knows what. You know they're going to run a screen. You know they're going to run a screen or a draw, and you take out two D tackles, and you leave one D tackle in, and you bring in extra linebackers. Hello? Hello? Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, they could all see that coming. It's third in a hundred, and you take the D tackles out to what? To put in some NASCAR package and leave yourself vulnerable for a draw or a screen, which when they threw the screen, ETN caught the ball seven yards behind the line of scrimmage and picked up 18 yards. All right, let's say That's you're right. Let's say you're right, so, D. Black. What do you do about it? What do you do about it if you're right? Well, you can't fire the dude right now, but what Manny can do, like I said before to you, uh, Gary, before, like last year when the defense wasn't looking great, you can tell Manny put his hands on the defense all week before we played Virginia because the defense looked totally different. It looked totally different. The defense looked – that was the best the defense looked all year against a good opponent. Well, what do you think Manny's team. doing at practice now? You think he's over there telling Rhett Lashley what to do? No chance. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Manny had – what I'm saying is on game day, Manny was probably very more involved and made sure what he suggested got called. Right now, he that may not be the case because maybe he don't want to step on Blake Charles. Maybe like, I'm going to let you do you. Yeah, I don't, but I'm gonna I don't think that's the case. I'm a, Gary, then see, because you're a writer. You're not a football no. player or football coach. I'm telling you, I'm there is no way there going, there is I'm no going, way that I'm Manny's hands aren't all over okay. everything they're doing on all defense, right. D Black. There's so, no way he's standing listen. back and not having okay. input and letting letting Blake okay. Baker do everything we would know. And if he is, you know what? And if you know what, D Black, if he is, shame on him. Shame on him if he's not involved. Gary, that that's your opinion, right? That's your opinion. That's your Absolutely. Because and he I, got this job I'm, based going, on the fact that that yeah. that, he, that uh, Blake James felt he was the defensive coordinator. All right, answer this question. Answer this question for me, and answer it, answer it honestly, and not as the creator of King Sport. Answer it as a football fan. <laughs> answer it as a football fan. Last year and this year, does this defense look like it used to look when Manny was DB coordinator? No. No, but I don't think the players are the same. Point. I don't think the players today are the same as what he as what he started with four years ago. No, no, you're changing the argument. I'm just asking, does it look the same? No, it doesn't look the same. There you go. All right. But I don't think the level of players are the same. 
I understand. Look, I don't hey, see Norton and McIntosh at defensive tackle. Look, you know, hey, look, I, I, I don't. You. I don't see. You know, uh, uh, I mean, you could go on and on Gary, and on. Look at all the guys. Gary, Gary, I got you. But look, Gary, Jaquan look, Johnson, Red Wine, Gary, uh, Gary. You know, Virginia, Virginia, but for years, I don't see Michael Jackson at cornerback. I don't see anything years, looking hold like hold it was. Yeah, God, God, I got. Bud Foster's defense was great for years. Interchangeable pieces. Bringing in new people every year. Their defense never lost a beat. Why? Because of coaching. Because of coaching. It shouldn't matter the players that leave if you're coaching and developing the players, Gary. shouldn't matter. Well, you got to be, re- you got to be recruiting too. You got to be recruiting. And, and I, I don't remember if it, if, it, if it was you or James or whatever, but who, who said it, but, you know, we haven't recruited an elite linebacker in – Yeah. Since, since Denzel Perriman. Mm-hmm. Since Denzel Perriman. <laughs> yes. When I say when – again, when I say it goes – when I say it goes to coaching, brother, when I say it goes to coaching, I'm talking recruiting, developing, I'm, all of that. That's, that's what I – when I say coaching, I'm talking about all of that. So let me see. What was that, third? All right, Deep Black, uh, finish, finish your no, points. Four. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me go, cause you let the cap Tennessee talk. You got it. Go, go. Hold I'm on. telling you to go. Right. Go, go, All go. Right. My fifth point: wide receivers, older versus younger. It, it's time. It, it, and you and you mentioned this, and somebody else mentioned it too. It's time. It, it's time to sit the three veterans or two of them. It's time to see what we got in Smith and Redding and Peyton and, and, and let them boys rock, because Wiggins. He always falls down. If you notice that, he's always falling down, and the DB barely touches him. He drops too many passes. Pope didn't have one catch on Saturday. Not one. Harley drops passes. Soon as he gets hit, he, it, it, yo, he drops the ball. It's time to see what these young receivers can do. All I know, every time I see Keyshawn, Keyshawn Smith in, he gets open. He, I for some reason, he's always open. It's time. It's time. It's time to give these young cats an opportunity. Linebackers, too. Corey Flagg, Sam Brooks, it's time to give these cats a look. Time to stop playing the politic game with the South Florida athletes because you don't want them ties with some of these schools in South Florida. Time, look, it's time out for the politics, yo. You're in the business of winning football games. Not, uh, not to make sure my feelings don't get hurt. Now, move on to six. Rump takes a lot of heat, right? Mike Rump takes a lot of heat for recruiting. Some of that is just, some of it isn't. Um, but the past few weeks, his DB, his corner's been playing well. Um, but I wish people had the same energy with Banda because your man Amari Carter still hasn't learned not to target. Um, you have a freshman in there that you put in there at safety. He was supposed to blitz. He didn't know he, would, he, didn't know he was supposed to blitz according to the head coach. So Bubba Bolden told him, never mind, I'll blitz. You just cover deep third, and he did it. That's coaching. Banda, what are you doing with these dudes? That's coaching. That, that's coaching. The deep, the cornerbacks didn't play bad. Uh, to Corey Couch didn't play bad against Ross. The cornerbacks played pretty bad. Yo, you, you, both safeties got Kicked out the game. Hold the week before, Carter here, Carter last year. Carter had with a suspect uh, targeting uh, two weeks ago, 
I, 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 I said that a couple of weeks ago, and and everyone, you know, I was getting I was getting jumped on. Like, you know, nah, what is he talking about? Nah, like, the, those guys better learn to start making tackles without getting targeting right. calls. It's exactly. killing you. You know, you right. You, you got two like, safeties oh, out against Clemson. Yeah, and you put a true freshman in there. Now, I don't care about him being a true freshman. You got a good safety coach. He'd be ready. He he'd be ready for that moment. I, I'm not. I'm not. Like. Carter, you're killing the team, yo. You're killing, you're killing the team with that. Like, but for some odd reason, they love, they love to play the, the these upperclassmen who pretty much, like Greg said, yo, you're dead wood, yo. Like, yo, sit them down. I thank you for what you've done for the program, but now, yo, it's time to get younger. It's time to get some of these hungry cats in here. That one ball. And one more point before I leave is a piggyback off of what you said, Gary. And I was talking to Uki over the made a couple good points, but you can't rely on you can't keep relying on South Florida athletes. When we I agree. Great, we was able to go. I, I agree. Go you, the, you want you want the best. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll recruit from the the, the the top twelve every year for sure. I mean, identify yeah, the 12 we, best South Florida kids and get every one of them. I'm all for that, yeah. but, but I agree with you. You've got to be able to go upstate, and you've got to be able to go out of state and get difference makers. Right. Like and I had told Uki, I said, yo, you got to think back when we were great, when we was when we, when we was lining them up and knocking them down, we was able to go into Texas and get the number one D tackle in the country, Russell, Russell Maryland, the number one linebacker in the country. Um, Jesse Armstead. We was able to go to California and get Gino Toretta, Ken Dorsey, to come up to the Tri-State area and get Olin Harris or New York and get McGuire as the running back. We was able to go to Georgia and get players. Like, we was able to go anywhere we wanted to get who we targeted. Like, and that's what so Clemson's now, doing, by the way. That's what Clemson's yeah. doing. Yeah. Like I was telling somebody, I said, look, they need to come up here to the DMV. D.C., Maryland, Virginia, get these dudes. Like, yo, these dudes are hungry. These dudes can ball. Like, Virginia Tech got a true freshman that's going to be starting that corner, number 44, Dorian Harris. That's my guy. He went to Wise High School out, 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 up here in Maryland. He ran, I, I've known him since he was nine years old. He's a baller. Like, or go to, go to the Tidewater area. Nothing but talent in the Tidewater area of Virginia. I constantly have a rock full of South Florida kids, like you said. I identify Then go right, out the, and get the other you're breaking up, and back. I got I got to let you go anyway because we got a bunch of guys that 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 that, that want to get a word in here. But uh, great call, you, all your points I think are up. all your points are phenomenal. And uh, give us a call next week, and we'll continue the discussion. See what happens against Pittsburgh. Let's go, let's go, Pitt. Let's go get that victory against Pitt. All right, D Black, thanks, man. Got to love that passion. Five six three nine 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 three five five zero. Hit the one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, let's go out to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Great show, man, and a great song to kind of start it off because that's exactly where we're at. Back, Back to, to reality. reality. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> but a couple points I want to make tonight, Gary, and, I, and, I, and I'll be brief, but I really want to touch on them. Is there, could there any way you could find out what happened with the Zion Nelson and um, uh, John Campbell switch at offensive tackle? Because as I watched the game, man, John Campbell was getting his lunch uh, taken on every single play. And Zion Nelson played well two weeks ago against Florida State. And I think Campbell was coming off of injury. Why did it take so long for us to make that change? Why did John Campbell have 
so many snaps? Why did he start? Because he didn't look good, and it looked like he left the game kind of banged up. Do you know anything about that? I can't explain it. Uh, I'm with you 100% on that. I, You know, I, I mean, I like John Campbell, the kid. I, I've never liked John Campbell, the player, going all the way back to when he was in high school. Uh, you know, I, we had a chance to watch him at some of the camps and things like that, and um, – I just, you know, I, I, I used to wonder, like, are they really doing the right thing in, in, in taking him? I was, I was never sure he was a Miami, a Miami level guy, and I haven't seen anything since he's been here to make me think he is. I mean, he, they, they put him in the starting lineup last year. Um, he flamed out immediately. He, he's been very off and on. He, he, he I, I was looking at his pro football focus grade for this week, forty-three point three, which is absolutely abysmal, and even worse than that. 31.8 as a pass blocker, which is as poor as it gets. I mean, that's like, that's beyond getting an F, okay, when you're, great, when you're grading right. out that low. He played 39 snaps the other night, and um, Zion Nelson played 26 snaps, graded out 69.9 as a pass blocker, which is massively better, obviously, 63.1 overall. Mm-hmm. So Zion Nelson, he graded out pretty good, um, and you know, John Campbell was horrendous. And I, and I don't know why, after starting Zion Nelson against Florida State, that they made that switch back. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I can't explain that to you. I could don't you know. Find, could you, could, I mean, I, I don't know. If well, you get we kind of asked Manny about books. it the other day, and he didn't really – he didn't go deep enough on it and really explain it. He just kind of said that they're both that they're both sharing playing time. But make no mistake. I mean, that was a, that, that was a huge personnel decision that didn't work very well. Right, right. Okay. Next point I want to make, too, is um, I don't know if it was just – I don't know if you saw this or other players saw, it, saw this, is it seemed like it took us a long time to really react to what Clemson was doing um, on the offensive end and also the defensive end. And I'm a little concerned about that because as we go through the season, we don't do well after bye week. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I don't know what that has to do with it. It just seems like we're not – up, we're not prepared for like you know uh, for the moment and stuff. And I, look, I have no problem losing Clemson. You know, I, I walked into it. I was watching. I was I was in North Carolina with some friends, and I and he's a big Clemson fan. I said, look, I just need us to be in the game at the start of the second half before I can even speak on whether or not Miami is going to have a chance to win. I wanted us to be in a position where we were still in the game after the first half, and we were barely there. If we don't get that block field goal, we were barely there. And we were struggling on third down um, throughout the whole entire game. And to me, I don't know what your insight is on all that. It just didn't seem like we were prepared. I don't blame the coach players. I really blame the coach because it didn't seem like we were prepared to get off the bus to play Clemson on the first half. Did you see that? That's no, exactly yeah, but, I mean, I don't, I don't – I'm not – you know, we asked Manny about the bye week narrative – and he's not buying it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not buying it either. I don't, I don't think the bye week and having lost four straight games off a of bye week has anything to but do with anything. Is, but our record is horrible, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just That's think it's a coincidence. I personally think it's a coincidence, and so does he. I mean, basically what he said was that, okay, so if we played the game a week earlier, you know, would it have looked necessarily different? No. You know, they got their butts kicked. You know, they well, they made a lot of mistakes. They got their butts kicked. I mean, I don't think the bye week had anything to do with it. Could you do this for me? We got yeah. another bye week coming. Let's just table uh-huh. this conversation. Okay. Because when you got I come it. back after the next bye week and we lose it, I just want you to remember this point that for some reason it doesn't seem 
like we like repair, we kind of anchor up. So this game against Pittsburgh to me. Well, wait, wait. Let me stop is, you for a minute. What What do you think? Like, what 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 do you think could be happening in a bye week that's that would be a negative? Like, I just I just think for so long we have been like under scholarship, and we really don't we don't I don't think we're we're really physical and in our practices leading up because we don't have the depth that we need and and we just want to take it easy. And after a bye week, before we – I mean, because we were losing, like, the FIU. I mean, we were losing, like, the horrible teams after a bye. You know, it just, to me, it doesn't seem like the preparation it, during the bye week prepares us to play a game. I, this is my point. That's why I said let's just table it. We got another bye week coming. I just want you to remember this conversation. If we lose that game, I just want to give, you a, give me a couple extra minutes to talk about that. We just don't you got prepare. It. We, we we just don't it just don't seem like we are maximizing the bye week to our advantage and we somehow seems to when we get out of the bye week we play poorly and we don't do that well so let's just table it and let's just see where we're at okay the next, the next one I wanted to make is uh you know look Clemson is an elite football program let's not kid ourselves mind we're trying to get there and there's things we need to get there I mean you look at Clemson's roster. And a lot of these top four stars and five stars are out of the state. Sunshine is out of the state. Frank Langston out of the state. Um, uh, ATN is from Louisiana. I mean, come on now. I mean, it, it, it's going to take us some time to be able to get there. But what I don't see that we really the offensive line. Like, if we keep all of our D tackles commit this year, and I think we're in the we're in the top five for this top for five star for Louisiana. But if we keep all our D tackles uh, committed in this particular class, we're going to be set on the defensive line. And I think as we go in the next couple of years, we can be strong at that position. But to me, it doesn't seem like why. Why do you say that? Just out of curiosity. Okay, why do you say this that? This is why I say it. Okay. Because I really think the upside on Harrison Hunt is 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 is, 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 is going to continue to grow. It I looks like Nessa it. Severo, I think Nessa Severo will be a senior. There's no reason why John Ford should be leading, uh, leaving, so at least he'll be there for depth for his senior year. You know, we're going to have uh, Taylor that's coming into the program. And then some of the other D tackles that we have the position, it just gives you an opportunity to, be big, to get bigger, stronger, faster inside our weight program. I think that's going to make a huge difference. Now I'm worried about on I'm worried about the defensive end recruiting to see if we're going to get some elite talent there because we're probably going to lose some. We may keep Phillips, but we know Roche is going to leave. So, um, so I think I think over time. But when I I'll be shocked if Phillips line, stays. Why would he stay? He's going to be a second or third round draft pick. You think? You so? know, it, it, yeah, it makes no sense for him to stay. He's a kid. He's a kid that's had injury problems in the past. There, there. I I don't see any way he comes back. It would be stupid. Wow. It would be stupid. As much as I like to see them stay, for that kid to come back would be stupid because he's one concussion away from not playing again. He needs to go make the money while he can. Well, I didn't, well, I didn't, I didn't see it that way, but well, I'm gonna be concerned on defensive line. But what I'm saying is that the defensive line on the interior. I think next year for Miami is is going is going to be a. I believe it's going to be a strong suit in the program of um, 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 moving forward. So I just want to say, but what the point I was trying to make is. I don't see that we have been as vigilant on the offensive line. Thank God we got Williams, the guy to transfer from um, Houston, which I believe has solidified the offensive line to make us respectable 
but I don't think we have been very, very tenacious and aggressive, whether it was a transfer portal or even, you know, just recruiting to fix that offensive line. And I'll be honest with you, until we do, we're going to be to the middle, to the bottom of the ACC. I just Until we fix that, I don't see us being in the top tier of the ACC until we can confidently go into games and not get whipped at the offensive, get whipped at the line of scrimmage on the offensive line. I don't know your thoughts on that. I got one other point, but 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 that's yeah. I'll agree. I totally agree with you. I mean, you're right. So, you got to be able to win so, at the line of scrimmage. Okay, so this game against Pittsburgh, I feel two ways about it. Um, I I I feel like history has taught me that when we lose, we get into a funk and we don't do too well. Okay, that's that's one thing. The other thing I think about, too, is I think the kids being at home, having a new coach and Rhett Lashley, who I think should be hopefully a little bit more innovative, knowing he's going to face a pit defense. You said something I did not agree with. You said that Rhett Lashley never faced a defense like this. He he was offensive court at Auburn. He was facing SEC defense. Yeah, but he wasn't running. He wasn't running. Yeah, but he he wasn't running this exact. I'm talking about the last few years running this offense. I understand that, but it, but as far as facing a top tier defense, he was no, I know he faced him when he was at Auburn with Gus Malzahn. That's yeah, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking about since he's been calling the shots by himself the last few years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so I don't think he's going to be intimidated. And, and his offense guy... is, is different. It's, he's not running the same offense they ran at Auburn. He, you know, it's evolved. It's evolved over the yeah, last few years. I, I, it evolved at SMU under Sonny. You know, it, it, it's it's expanded. It's gotten different. I agree with that, but what I'm saying is he's faced top defenses when he was at Auburn. And Auburn, when he was there, was respectable on the offense end. That's what that's that's the point mm-hmm. I'm trying to make. So I don't think, you know, to me, you know, he didn't run the ball until midway to the second quarter against Clemson. So I don't, I don't think that's all Brett, Brett Venables. I just think that, you know, uh, he coached a bad game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and they, and they called a couple running plays early that, that King ended up keeping the ball or audibling out of. You know, it, it wasn't – the intent was not to wait till the middle of the second quarter to have Cam yeah. uh, touch the ball. Okay, so the last one I want to make is – so this Pittsburgh game could go either way. Uh, you know, history has taught us we don't do well, we lose, we get into a funk, and then we sometimes play to our competition. So here's my thoughts. I really, 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 really believe we need to start incorporating the freshman wide receiver. I yeah. think they're upside. I mean, if we're going to game four, week five. I really think that kid, that Smith kid, when he caught that ball, that that showed me that he was not he he's big enough for the moment to be able to do something. And we need mm-hmm. some wide receiver that can stretch the field. We need to pre- put pressure on these veteran wide receivers. The other point I want to make is, I know you say we shouldn't lose to Pittsburgh. I don't believe we should. I believe we can. But if we win, if we beat Pittsburgh by three points, I think that is huge. And from the standpoint of, I think we need to will our way to victory in this particular game because we're a program that has not had success. And so winning is a culture that you have to create. And losing to Clemson to me is not shameful because they're, what, the number one team in the nation or something like that. But if we want to win, we want to get back to that place of respectability. This is a season where we can do that, and I think that Pittsburgh game is going to be huge. But I will tell you, if we start off slow in the first half, I'm going to tell you flat out, we're not winning that game. 
and we'll have this conversation next week. But if we go okay. out and we're tempo and we, you know, we're doing the things that we need to do, I think that's going to be huge. But Gary, mark my word, I will call you next week. If we start right, in the first half, we're done. All right, keep All it right. hold, man. I'll talk Let, to you next week. Looking forward to it. We'll talk to you next next week. Let's go to the uh, 917. You're on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK King. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing, sweet? Uh, I'm hanging in there, man. I'm doing all right. Uh, listen, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Um, well, basically, let me start off by saying this. You know, like just from watching, you know, just college football all day on Saturday, right? You know, I'm noticing something. First of all, it doesn't matter who Clemson played on Saturday, they would have beat them badly. That team puts out player after player after player. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Who the hell is that guy? Who the hell is that guy? And they're all making plays. Every single one of them are making plays. It wouldn't have mattered who we played. Granted, we lost. We didn't lose as bad as I thought we were going to lose, but we still lost end of the day. Secondly, we're in a different era of college football now. Everybody's complaining about Miami's defense, Miami's defense. Miami's defense is what it is, and we are just maybe a few coaches away that could have recruited from being pretty good. But I watched a Lane Kiffin team put up 600-and-something yards on Alabama. So I yeah. think we're starting to see a shift. We yep. need more college football. The day of the, the, the strong nose defense is over. Lane Kiffin put an ass-whooping. Was it 600-and-something yards? I, didn't, I mean, granted they, lost. granted, they lost. Well, they, don't have, they have no defense whatsoever. You know, he did, he had, he's in his first year. They, they, he, and he walked into a situation where they have some really good offensive players, but they have nothing on defense. I mean, granted, they lost, but my goodness, 600. And, yeah, it's amazing. And it's amazing. On, an, on, on, a, on a Nick Saban defense. On a Nick Saban defense. And that wasn't all. They had four and five star athletes on the on the offensive on the offensive on the offensive side of the ball, which they didn't have was superior coaching. Yeah. Hands down. You can't tell me other than Matt Corral, who who's a high four star on that old miss offense. You know, I'm not I'm not up on their personnel, but but I do know that they they, they, they do have very good personnel on offense. I mean, there's a reason why there's a reason why they're doing that. Right. The point I'm trying to make is that they're pretty good. They don't have any elite players on the offensive side of the ball. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. They don't have any elite players on the offensive side of the ball, and they still managed to put up 652 yards of offense. You know, and that just goes to show you Miami. Yeah. Miami hands down the composite recruit. Uh, recruiting thing came out today of athletes and five stars or whatever. Miami was third in the ACC and 18th in the country. And 18th in the country and we're still the the missing link is coaches. Unfortunately, we have coordinators that are learning on the job. We do. Blake Baker was learning on the job. Lashley is learning on the job. Rhett Lashley had he was in an ideal situation at Auburn because he had Gus Malzahn to mentor him. When he went to SMU, he had Sonny Dykes to mentor him. He doesn't have that here at Miami. He's essentially learning on the job. 
he doesn't have a guy he could fall back on. At Auburn, he had Lausanne. At SMU, he had Sonny Dykes. Two guys, arguably some of the best offensive minds in college mm-hmm. football. He great point. Now he, has, now he has himself. Yep, I mean, great point. He, now, all he, now all he has is himself. Yep. So basically, Miami is still Miami. This is the point I'm trying to make. Miami is still Miami. We are not at the level of where we have coaches, coaches or coordinators that are established. Mm-hmm. That are hands down arguably the best at what they do. Look at look at LSU now today. They lose the best offensive one of the best offensive minds in college football. He goes to the NFL. They lose arguably one of the best defensive coordinators in college. He goes to Baylor. Look at LSU now. Granted, they lost a lot of talent along the way, but come on, it's LSU. Mm-hmm. They stack talent every year. Coaching Granted, means a lot, man. Coaching means a lot. Coaching is everything. Miami has coaches that are learning on the job. If if uh, Manny Diaz was a Urban Meyer disciple, he was a Nick Saban disciple. Well, you know, whoever, if he was a, you know, uh, I don't know who, another great coach. There's only two or three in all of college football. If he came from one of those coaching trees, he would have known what it's like to win. He would have known what it, what it's like to build a winning program. He would have known what it takes day in and day out to build a winning program. He doesn't know that. Why do you think all the Nick Saban guys, right? They're around that program. They see how it works. They they know what it's like to win, do the win. Same thing with Urban Myers guys. They go and they become successful because they know what it's like to win. Mm-hmm. And we still don't have. We don't have that. We just bring in a coach that was a head coach that's used to winning, and could fall back on that. Or not even a, um, an established coordinator that was that won a couple of national championships on a on a winning team. You know. So granted, Miami is what Miami is, and we just have to hope that they get it. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing we have to hope is that they get it, and Manny Diaz pulls a Dabble Sweeney and continues to adjust his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Because at some point... Yeah, but, but, but you can't just keep firing defense. half the staff every year. I mean, it's like... I mean, no, 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 not half the staff, but perfect example, oh. like D. Black was saying, you know, like with the defense. Granted, it is Manny Diaz's defense, but it's not being run the same. The concepts are the same. The plays are the same. But it's not being run the same. So if Manny Diaz wanted to get somebody like him to run the defense, what he should have done is he should have ran the defense himself, saved that coordinator money, and hired an assistant coach, an assistant head coach. I think he's running a lot more than you if guys give him credit case, for. That's just my personal opinion. I don't believe he's just sitting around picking his nose all week. I, I think he's involved no, very, very no, much in the I game agree. plan. And I and I think he's involved no, on game day. I think he's on that headset. I think right, he's but at some point, yeah. But at yeah. some point, if you bring on somebody, you still have to give him the latitude to make judgment calls. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if Manny is so yeah. involved in his defense, why do you need a Blake Baker then? That's what I understand. Why do you need a Blake Baker? You don't need him. Get rid of him. Well, it was, it was it, the biggest mistake that Randy Shannon made when he became head coach was not running the defense himself. Right, and that's the and 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 it might be looking that that's the way that 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 maybe's going to end up. Yeah, I don't know. We'll Listen, see. If 
defense, then you don't need Blake Baker. Get rid of him, Manny, run the defense. Use that money because for another coach, then get a, a season type. Find somebody who wants to come to Miami and build that has experience. But to do what? Assistant head coach. An assistant head coach. But who does what? Who coaches what? It could be the defense. It could be the all. It could be whatever. All of the but, but, so but you're just saying. But you're just saying Manny. You're just saying Manny's taking the defense, and you've already got Lashley to run the offense. No, 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 no. I mean, bring on somebody. Pull a Nick Saban. Bring on somebody where he could rely on. You could just give him any title as coach in in charge of whatever. He, he's done he that with Ed Reed. That's what Ed Reed's doing. But Ed Reed isn't a coach. No, but he's you know. He, no, that's what he's. That's, that's basically what he's Ed doing. Ed Reed is not. Ed Reed is not a coach, though. All right, so it's maybe maybe what you're saying is make make Ed, make Ed Reed a coach. But Ed Reed has no coaching experience. Then we're back to. <laughs> then we're back to Miami being a learn on yeah, the I don't, job. I don't know, man. I don't. You, you know, know, I don't. I don't know. I, I think you got to keep keep working on that plan. I just, you know, it, it, it's it's like you okay, know, I I'll, I'll buy the Manny taking the, over the defense. Although I think he. He's very actively involved anyway, but I'll buy it. Okay, Manny's going to take over the defense. Right. Blake Baker's going to go back to Louisiana Tech or some other school or whatever. All right, great. You got that one coaching spot. Hire an experienced great coach to do what? To be the head coach for you? you? No, someone he could lean on. Look, look, look Gary. Nick Saban, as good as he is, as good as he is. Well, you're talking about analysts now. Now you're talking about analysts. All right, yeah. Well, whatever, or use that money to hire five analysts, or yeah, four right. analysts, or two analysts, or whatever. Somebody where Nick Saban could say, or somebody that that, that many of the others could say, listen, you know, you know, in your experience, like, you know, what's going on here? Well, Manny, if I were you, this is what I think we should do. do, do, do. Manny doesn't have that. Manny has no head coaching experience at all, whatsoever. At I know. All. I know. I'm afraid. All right, I'm afraid of North Carolina coming up. They have a an established coach, guys. Yeah, we, we got we got a long way to go before we get to North Carolina. Let's worry about that in six weeks. We got a long way to go before we get there. All right, BK. All let right, me let some of these other guys get on. Then give, on a recruiter give, at some point. Give us, I agree with that too. Give us a call next Tuesday. All right, Gary. I will. All right, man. Great talking to you as always. Let's go to the seven eight six. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you? Doing great. Who's this? This is Sam from Atlanta, first-time caller, long-time listener. You got some oh, cool. great stuff on the on Love first-time callers, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. So I just had a couple points to make. I won't take too much of your time. I know there's a lot of people trying to get on, but obviously you mentioned, you know, the depth's not there. There's some holes in certain positions. I think we might need, like, two or three more recruiting classes to actually stick. Starting with last year, I think that was a good start. You never really mentioned – you mentioned a lot about recruiting, but I think, I think we're lacking a little bit on develop, from the development standpoint. And I don't know if it has to do a lot with the kind of, you know, personalities that we're recruiting or if it's coaching, but I think it's a combination of both. You can tell that um, we don't have the elite talent that other teams – that Clemson does, and that was very obvious uh, last weekend. So, And uh, another point I would like to make our linebackers, they look like they're not taking appropriate angles when they're tackling. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. My thoughts are they look like they're not taking appropriate anything. Like, they yeah, look lost out true. there. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We need to, we need some changes there, in my opinion. Or I don't know if it's a coaching thing, a, a talent thing, or a combination of both. You also bad angle, bad position. You could write a book about what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's it's kind of sad to see, just because you know our line is our defensive line is at least average in the middle, and on the outside we're pretty. We can compete with most teams, but it's just the glaring holes they just exploited, and we had nothing to counter with, and it made it very obvious with elite talent against elite talent. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, um, you mentioned something about King not making intermediate throws. I think it's possible if you maybe move the move the pocket, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he'll be able to see and give him a little bit more time. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, that's that's an idea for sure. And um, as far as the culture is concerned, I mean, I think our team used to quit after losses like this. The team, even though we were overmatched, we hung in there. And um, I think I think we're going to come back back against Pitt and bounce back. But uh, I do too. Those were my only points. Uh, my only points for the night. Appreciate it. All right, Sam. Thanks for being part of it, man. Uh, love right, love first time callers. Yep. All right, this edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you in part by JFQ Lending. With interest rates below 3% now, there has never been a better time to lock in a low fixed interest rate on your mortgage. You'll never need to think about refinancing again. You set it and you forget it. And with JFQ Lending, you're guaranteed to get the highest level of customer service. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and over 3,000 five-star reviews. Give Kyler Koppelman a call today at 323-607-8802. That's 323-607-8802. Or you can email Kyler directly at kkoppelman at jfqlending.com. That's K-K-O-P-P-E-L-M-A-N at jfqlending.com. JFQ Lending is an equal access lender, licensed in over 40 states. And Kyler, you, you see him on the message board sometime at kingsport.com. You can leave him a message there as well. Always anxious to help out, um, I'm going to say fellow Canes fans, because we've uh, turned him into a Canes fan. And um, he's been ex- pretty excited about what he saw, at least till Saturday night. But uh, yeah, he's really anxious to help you guys with your mortgages and try to save you a little bit of money. So it um, doesn't hurt. Give him a call or email him today and um, see if he's able to get you a better deal on your mortgage. 563-999-3550-563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, let's go to the 352. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gear? Doing good. Who's this? This is Mike in Orlando. What's up, Mike? Talk to us. What you got? Hey, um, you know, first off, I want to start. I, I don't want to kick a dead horse while it's down. But, you know, we were doing good, won three games in a row, and all of a sudden we played Clemson and everything just falls off the rails. The train came off the track. <laughs> well, because we know, played a real team. I mean, Florida State and Louisville are at the bottom of the ACC. They're 0-3 in the league. <laughs> like yeah. you know, that that's that that has as much to do with it as anything. Okay, but here's my thing. Okay, you 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 there was you talking about the culture and stuff. Like I said, first off, I'm hearing people talking about manage this, manage that. Well, like you said, don't blame Manny. 
you got to go to the you got to go to the head of the snake. The head of the snake is Blake James. Blake James knew that Mary Diaz has never worn anything like D Black said. This guy's never worn nothing. And my thing is, again, what kind of boosters do we have to to to, to sign off on crap like this right here? The you know what? They didn't, get a, they didn't get a chance. Nobody got a chance to have even an opinion. Um, for whatever reason, this thing happened instantaneously. When Mar- the, I mean, this was a I, – I mean, I don't know. I don't want to – you know, it, it happened before Politics. anybody could even have an opinion. Politics, Gary. Matt Diaz, that was the mayor of Miami. It's politics behind it. It's politics. That's what happened. But they just weren't thinking. They weren't thinking. You know, and and I want to see Manny succeed. Manny's a good guy. Uh, You know, but they weren't thinking. It's like you can't run a program like this. You just can't. And and Manny is in a bad. He's in a bad situation because he's under enormous pressure to be something that he might not even know how to be. Like. It's yes, just, you know, and and they can go they, they can go ten and one this year, and I don't think it change, it changes anything because the bottom line is you got to be able to line up with the better teams to win anything. Gary, my thing is okay. Don't blame Manny, but how could Blake James pull this off without the president? What's the president? Julio Frank? He the president has a, this, right? he doesn't have a clue about football. Yes, that's what he did. He signed off. He doesn't have a clue. I don't he think he care. I don't think he really. I don't think he could care less. Nobody cares, Gary. It, it, it's obvious. None of the top administration cares about this football program. You, you got a you got a hierarchy at the top of the board of trustees that doesn't really care. You know they'll pretend to care when they have to if the heat gets you know gets a little hot in the kitchen. You know they'll pretend to care for a few days. But at the end of the day, they don't really care. There's none of those people. You, you could take the top people on the board of trustees that are multi, 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 multi millionaires. I don't think they give five cents to athletics. You know, I don't think that they're not engaged in athletics. They're, 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 they're caring is obligatory. When, well, when Gary, if, if, that's the, if that's the case, Gary, shut the, shut, shut the program down because I'm tired of Miami getting embarrassed week in and week out. It's well, the, they're not. The they're not thing. getting. They, like, like you said, they won the first three games. That was, they didn't get embarrassed. Yeah, they did. But I'm talking about in the past. I mean, everybody keeps talking about a talent gap. So, so hold on. Let, let, let me rewind here. So let me let me see. I guess FIU got a better talent than Miami. I guess Duke got better talent than Miami. I guess La Tech got better talent than Miami. Miss me with that. I'm sick of people okay. talking about talent. I'm sick of people talking about talent. Miami has better talent than most of these teams. They play no every week, week in, week out. There's Miss two teams. There's, there's two teams in the ACC: Clemson and Notre Dame, and well, three with Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina. Those three teams are uh, right there with my. And then there's my and Miami too. Is right there with with Notre Dame and Carolina. So, so why are we struggling with NC State? Virginia and all these other. Why is it the same crap back to well, back We're going to see. We're going to see here you, in these you, next you got, few weeks. You got Pitt. You got Virginia. You got, you, these are all games they should win. You got you, you got two weeks to prepare for Clemson. Okay, like I told my cousin, I said, okay, just compete. All I ask is compete. Don't go out there and get embarrassed. Just compete. But guess what, Gary? When you got 15 pins for 135 yards, you can't freaking compete because you're going backwards and not forward. You'll beat your own self going backwards. 
don't care if you play um, if you, if you play Booker T. Washington, you're gonna lose with them too because guess what? You shooting yourself in the foot going backwards. Penalties lost that game, not talent. You can you can you can agree to disagree with me. Penalties lost that game. Stupid penalties. Uh, Amari Carter, he needs to be on the bench every game. He gets reviewed for targeting every game, Gary. Back to last year. That's mm-hmm. coaching, Gary. That's coaching. That's nothing else. That's coaching. Every game, the guy gets a review for targeting. Now, I'm not going to tell you. I, understand. I don't understand that one. I really don't. I mean, yeah. It's I mean, coaching, you can't do coaching. it. Like, you can't play like that. And now there's a target on all mm-hmm. of our safety backs. We, they're all getting mm-hmm. thrown out. Gary, you can't be wise. With, with that many penalties, unless you got a hell of a lot of talent. You mm-hmm. can't be average team when you're going backwards like that with penalties. Penalties lost that game, Gary, not talent. Miami was in that game at the halftime. You got the touchdown before halftime. You came out, you laid a duck in, in the second half when you got the ball back at the halftime. Penalties and bad and bad offense, bad offense lost that game. Red Lester coach scared in that game. I don't care what nobody said. He coached scared. The Eric King had a bad game. He had a bad game. He he had bad reads. He, he, a lot of times on, on on several of those sacks, he should have took off running. He sat in the pocket. King, you got to take off. What you waiting on? You can't sit back there with on the receiver get up because you don't have no receiver. You got to make it happen. Your receiver's not going to help you. I don't know why last year didn't pick that up. I don't know why King didn't pick that up. So penalties and bad offense lost that game here. It had nothing to do with talent. Clemson is breaking in a lot of new people this year. I don't know if people know that or not. On the defensive side and offensive side of the ball. Even the, their cornerbacks are not that good, Gary. Their cornerbacks are not that good. We made Clemson up better than what they were, Gary. Now, granted, okay. I know they have better talent than we do. I, I, I get that part. They have better talent than we do. But their talent did not win the game for them that night. They lost the game because they won the game because our stupid penalties. That's how Clemson won that game. Gary, on the first drive, even even Kirk Hershey said it. That's going to come back to bite mine when, when Roche was offside. Listen at the game. Hershey said, he said, that's going to come back to bite Miami. We had him stopped on fourth down, Gary. Roche did the same thing against Florida State. He was a fifth-year senior. You should know better, Roche. You should know better. Yep. You've been playing five years now. He did the same thing against Florida State. You should know not to get outside. You can't afford this kind of stupid mistake against Clemson. Mine will shoot themselves in the foot every time in games like this. I don't understand it, Gary. You have two weeks to prepare. Two weeks. And this is what you give us. That's, that's yeah. coaching. That's all a manager is. That's all a manager is. Like I said, I don't know what kind of boosters we have. I don't know what kind of administration we have. But manager should have never had that job. And like I said, I want manager to succeed. But I just don't see it. Man, he, 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 said that he said the wrong stuff in the media to me. And he talked like he's scared and he's soft. No, have some damn confidence. Say, yeah, we're the University of Miami. We expect to play better. We expect to beat Clemson. We didn't do it. Don't be talking all soft and shit, man. I, I don't like that about him. Have some, have, grow a pair of balls. Get some <laughs> balls for once in your life. All right, Mike. <laughs> Let's see, let's see what let's see what happens Saturday. Let's see if they turn it around. They you know let's see what happens against Pitt. And then the, yeah, I'll call I'm call, sick of it, man. I've been, call, I've been a fan for ever since Michael Irvin days, man. I'm sick of us losing, man. We got I more know. talent than the average. We got more talent than anybody in the MCC on the outside of Clemson. 
Let's see what happens Saturday. Call, call back in next. Call back in next Tuesday. Let's see what happens. All right, Mike. Thanks, man. Okay. Yep. Great talking to you. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys, let me take a minute here and start hitting some of these questions that were submitted on the message boards at canesport.com. I'll phase them in here as we go to hour number three. Uh, Number one, reality is that we are who we are as a program. No longer are the days that we know for sure that we will win most games. Our reality is we are a week-to-week team, not knowing what team will show up or what players will stand up. 50-50 chance to win or lose each week, except when we play at Clemson, which at that point we know we will not win. Uh, man, I'll tell you, I can't argue with that statement. I agree that it's reality. Um, and Miami can't be taken seriously until that changes. Um, and that's why I think that so many people are so passionate about their perceptions of the state of the program. And you've been hearing it all night long. I mean, look, the test of 2020 continues Saturday against Pittsburgh. The, the, the Canes have been regularly losing games like this. And Manny pointed that out this week. And he sees winning these games as his first challenge. You've got to beat Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, before you can reasonably worry about beating Clemson. And uh, to me, that right there in a capsule is, the, is the, going to be the story of 2020. Can they beat these teams, which are not great teams this year? And I, um, you know, I think the coaches tried as hard as they could last week. Do I think they flew up there to Clemson expecting to win? Um, I don't know what they would say to that, but I would never believe it. Um, I do think they expect to win Saturday. They expect to beat Pittsburgh, and we'll see what happens there. Next one, um, do we believe, have any faith in Manny Diaz ever beating Clemson in the next three to five years? Wow. Um, Well, I I think it'll take at least that if it ever happens. Uh, I think recruiting uh, is, is going a little bit better. But we get an occasional recruit who will walk in and be a difference maker right away the minute he steps on campus. Clemson gets several of those guys every year. So recruiting's got to get a lot better. And uh, I know this year that we're showing some improvement locally, but I think we're kidding ourselves if we think this one class is narrowing the talent gap that we saw Saturday night. Can Manny do it? Can he recruit at that kind of level? I don't know. Um, but I do think we will see. I think he will win enough this year to get to year three, and then I think he'll get to year four, and and then maybe by then we'll have a, a better idea. So we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that. What is the take on the mental makeup of the team this week? Specifically, is there sulking and a hangover loss mentality, or are the guys generally angry and eager to get back to work for a win against Pitt? I think the culture on the team is better this year than it was last year. And I would expect that the team is hearing Manny's message about not assuming victory and is continuing to work very hard to get better. Um, I saw that um, experience last week with Clemson as a positive. I think one of the flaws of our program right now is that we're always looking to anoint ourselves before we've done anything. Uh, It didn't take a rocket scientist to see that Louisville and FSU were not any good. You know, Clemson was the first real test, and I think we got a good read on where we are, uh, which is that there's mountains of work to be done. So I think the coaches are very motivated. I think that should carry over to the players. And, um, you know, I guess we start to find out Saturday the, the, the true answer to that question. We'll get to more in a little bit. Right now, let's go out to the 302. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Butter P. Hey, Butter P. How you been, man? 
Talk to us. Oh, look here. Now, there's a lot that's been said tonight. I um, going to touch on a few things. Uh, I don't want to be long because after I heard everybody touch on everything, we had the same exact sentiment. So uh, I think everything's been said. But I want to talk about uh, a little bit on the Clemson game. And a lot, I heard of quite a few guys say it was coaching here, coaching there. And I heard what you said, uh, talking to a guy, I think it was D. Black, uh, uh, not too long ago. There was a big talent gap, and I'm going to use two people. And, and why I'm, I'm going to use them because we talked about when you told them about the uh, recruiting classes the past few years and how Miami and Clemson, Clemson almost been even here and there, except the one time Clemson went to number two, and when Miami was up and Clemson was a little ranked lower, the difference was Clemson hit on their four and five stars. Their four and five star players are playing at that level. Yeah. Also, they, yes, and that's it. Like, well, that's uh, what I that's what I said. You know, there's 254 stars a year. So if you go extrapolate that over four or five years, let's say a five year period, which makes up a football team, that means there were 1,254 stars. So if you're getting you know 10 a year, so you're taking 40 of 1,250. It's about which ones you're taking, and are your evaluations good? I think we can go back to C.J. Spiller. I don't remember him. If, I don't think he, I don't know if he was a four or five. If you go back to C.J., C.J. came from Florida. He panned out. Now, the two biggest five stars they had, I think, has been Deshaun and Trevor. That's been the biggest thing for them. Their quarterbacks have been – they've been hitting on those quarterbacks. Deshaun's the first round. Trevor's going to be the first pick of the draft. It's so sad. I don't even think – we can go back to Ken Dorsey. Trevor Lawrence physically is better than Ken Dorsey. Look how long you have to go back, and look what they got two in a row. We have not hit on our four or five stars. Our 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 cornerback a few years ago didn't play five star level. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, and we beat we beat Florida for him. What, what was his name? The yeah, um, the, the, you talking about the, um, I'm trying to think who you're talking about. I'm not I'm not but, sure which yeah, one you're talking about. And he was a five star. You see that? Now our five stars haven't hit. So we can call it coaching. I'll, I'll I'll give them this. The coaches made a few mistakes here and there, but we knew our offensive line could not hold up against Clemson. Clemson was – and another thing about it, we look small on the defensive line. Like John Ford looks the part, but he doesn't have that Cortez. He doesn't well, have he can't, that – Well, he can't Cortez. move. He's big, but he can't That's move. Yeah. No explosion. He doesn't have that bend, that flexibility. Nesta has it. He has somebody who doesn't have the size. You understand? So mm-hmm. our defensive end, they, they, they holding up. They getting to the quarterback. We could have used Greg Russo. I can't be mad at him because COVID is real. I understand some people opted back in and some people opted out. I'm going to give Greg a pass, but God knows he could have used him. It would look nice to see him in a game like that and see could he continue to develop and be that dominant force that Miami used to have. Unfortunately, we don't have it. Now, I can't blame everything on the coaching with the DBs. I'll tell you why. They're not being taught to tackle like that. So that's, that they have to learn how to do that. I know they aren't being taught to tackle with the crowd of the helmet, and, but we keep making stupid mistakes. People call it coaching, but eventually some of this stuff has to fall back on the players. Eventually, you have to have the know-how. You have to have the intestinal fortitude to make the play, to do what is right. I can't blame everything on the coaches. I can't do it. Cannot do it. Now, our receivers, 
Can we blame that on the coaches? Because Likens just had two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk is scoring in the NFL, and, and they had to kill Harry. That's what I said earlier. What, you you going to bring a new receiver coach in every year and the same guys are underachieving? I, I think they got to play the young kids. Exactly. You can't blame Likens. And for, another guy said that, you know, when Lashley doesn't have anybody to fall back on, Likens was an offensive coordinator. Garen Justice was an offensive coordinator. I'm not saying they were the best, but they were offensive coordinators. They've run teams. So I can't. I think Manny has done a great job on the offensive side of the ball. I can't blame Blake Baker. Manny's defense, like you said. The thing is, we have to hit on our recruits. The, I hate to blame this because he's gone now, but that year that Coach Manny Diaz, well, I mean Coach, uh, Coach Mark Ritt, that year blew us. That set us back. We were coming off a 10-win season and shat the bed. That killed us with recruiting. That was a that was a step in the right direction. He did everything. He got the uh, the indoor practice facility. We had just won 10 games. We were moving in the right direction. We needed to win at least 9 to 10 games and show some competitiveness. We, we faltered that year, which led to last year, and killed us in recruiting. Now, I'm going to give them some credit this year. I see Bubba Bowden, and I see a couple people have dog in them. I think the attitude has changed, and that's why I do expect us to roll pit. I do not expect us to have a letdown versus Pitt. Everybody was worried about uh, um, freaking Louisville. We rolled them. We know we're better than them. I'm going to give Pitt some credit, but you lost two games in a row. And I know you can do what Clemson did as far as team-wise, but you don't have the horses that Clemson has. So I'm not worried about them. I do expect Miami to win that game if they have turned the corner. If we have turned the corner, we will see it this weekend. We will see it. So I'm not all about switching coaches every every year, like you said. We have to get some continuity. How can we how can we develop if we can't have coaching continuity? And like you said, with uh, Jalen Phillips, he's going to leave because he had injury problems, but that's why another reason we can't compete. People's first-round guys and second-round guys, they stay at Clemson, and they stay at these other schools. Our guys leave. We cannot have that. We have to build some continuity somewhere. The only way to build it is to get guys to stay. But I think if we play these younger guys, like you said, we can begin to build the continuity because they're younger. Give them a chance to build. But then again, if they have a good one or two years, they may leave. I don't know what it is with these with the people at Miami now. No one stays to develop. And development is killing us. Not only recruiting, the recruits we get, we have to develop them. But are the coaches or do the coaches have the experience? Likens has the experience. This is Manny's first time. Um, Rump has been in the NFL. And he's been doing great. He's doing he's doing more with less, but we have to be able to develop the talent the uh, talent we get. That's that's another thing. We we're getting four stars. You said they're all not created equal, which is true. But can we develop them to be serviceable? And that's our problem. We're not getting that. All right, Butter P. Well, we'll see what happens Saturday, man. Give us a call next Tuesday. Got you. All right, man. Good talking to you as always. Let's go to the three eight six. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how we doing tonight, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? All right, it's Willie again. Hey, hey, Willie. Uh, call a couple. Uh, you call a couple of calls ago. Kind of took away my first question, but I'm, I'm gonna ask it anyway. I'm, I'm I'm disappointed in what I saw Saturday night. I'm very disappointed. Uh, and the reason I say that, I'd like to get your opinion on this. The reason why I ask this question is because both of these teams are in their first season in their respective offensive systems. 
why is it that Miami, you know, go up to Clemson and, I mean, just made the trip and don't do anything, but yet Ole Miss, I mean, they, they was competitive against Alabama. They're in their mm-hmm. first season in their offensive system. Uh, there is no way, in my opinion, that Ole Miss players is hit offensive players. I want to be specific about it. Yeah, There's I don't, no you know, Ole Miss offensive players is head and shoulders above Miami offensive players. There's no way. I I don't have the answer for you because I don't know Rhett Lashley well enough. You know, it, it's like, you know, he had a great year last year at SMU. Manny hired him. It looked like this offense was gonna, you know, be lights out the whole year when we watched the first few games. But yeah, they were they were not good at all on Saturday. And now we don't know what to expect. And, and you know, Pitt's decent on defense. I, I think that, that this Saturday is going to tell us a lot. You know, if, if we're not good on Saturday, then, you know, I think there's a lot of very, very fair concern. Um, but I don't know what to think. I mean, I was very surprised. Uh, I'm with you 100%. Uh, I did not expect them to be that inept up there. So, you know, I don't know. We just got to see. I, I I think it'll look different Saturday. I, I think that you know maybe just Clemson was, you know, too too well coached and and you know had good enough you know players just a little too good for us at this point uh, because of where we are at the on the offensive line. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what to think. Well, I, I still support Manny. I, I still support him. But I, I think your previous caller, the, the cornerback he was trying to think of, I think he was talking – I'm not sure. I think he was talking about Tracy Howard. But, Tracy um, Howard, yeah. I thought about that afterwards. I was trying to figure out who he was talking about. But, yeah, they say that, that would probably that would probably be the opinion, one. My opinion of Manny D is and, – and tell me, do you think this type coach would still work in college football? This is what I think Manny needs to become. Uh, this is what I think Miami needs. The Bill Parcell, Tom Coughlin type coach. I'm not going to be your friend. I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to be very demanding of you. You're not going to like who I am, but I'll get you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Will that type coach still work in college football? Uh, I mean, I would say yes. Why? Would, why I mean, it, it's worked in the past. Why would it not? Well, you know, hey, I've heard of coaches getting getting fired for verbally abusing players. So that, oh. that's the reason why I you could be you could be tough and disciplined and demanding without abusing. Okay. Um, last week, I asked a question. Uh, past University of Miami coach, I think I asked the question wrong. Past University of Miami coaches, I ask you, who would would you compare Manny to any of them? Snellenberger, Johnson, Davis, Coker, Dennis Erickson. What no. I was speaking about was personality-wise. No. No, I wouldn't compare him to any of those guys. Okay. And my he's last his own, question He's is, his own guy. Okay, and my last question is the striker position. The striker position at Miami, when you get drafted into the NFL from the striker position at Miami, what are you going into the NFL to play? What are you being drafted as? Safety. Okay. Yeah, I would say a safety. (laughs) 
I get your, I get your right, point, though. Willie. But, yeah, I would say a safety. All right, Willie, give us a call next week, man. All right, a couple more questions uh, now. Um, several questions came in about Blake James. Um, is Blake delusional in thinking that Manny is the next Dabo and that we, we win a national title with him, or does he realize his mistake and that he's turned this into a lab experiment and that he's simply a six-to-eight win coach? Uh, another one, any sense – of Blake James's assessment of the Clemson game and where the program stands as far as winning championships is winning championships, a hollow slogan just to raise money. All right. Well, I don't think delusional is a fair word. I mean, I, I think Blake made a decision for whatever his reasons were, and I'm sure he believes in that decision. And, um, you know, he's put his money where his mouth is. He paid temple $4 million. He's eating a few million dollars of Dan Enos's contract to allow Manny to change his offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I think last year it looked very much in question and we don't know yet where this year is going, but I think Blake is unquestionably hoping for success that will validate the decisions that he has made for the program. And um, I mean, everybody wants to win championships here and I'm not sure, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that there is an understanding about what that will take and the level of commitment that that will require in all areas. And um, I agree Miami football should not be a lab experiment, not now, not ever. And I think too often it has been, and that's a big reason that we've been sitting here having this exact same conversation for 18 years now. And uh, somebody needs to learn from these past 18 years before it's going to be different, I think. So, you know, we'll see. Um, what recruits do we have committed who are going to close the talent gap between us and Clemson? Well, I think James Williams and Leonard Taylor have that kind of difference-making potential. But again, they're replacing Jalen Phillips and Bubba Bolden. So you're, you're bringing in a couple good players, you're losing a couple good players. Um, you know, are they going to be better than those guys when they walk on campus? I don't know that. You know, we'll see. Um, but that's why you have to have quality classes top to bottom year after year. You have to stack chips, so to speak. After Phillips and Taylor, we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's, there's, some, there's good players on that list. But, you know, which of them will potentially become great? You know, we'll see. You know, we don't know that at this point. Um you know, the evaluations of those kids and their ability to develop them is on the line with, without question. All right, let's go out to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's up, Ross? What's up, Gary? Where should we start, Gary? Go ahead. You got the floor. Great, Talk to us. All these great points. Um, really good point by James, C Black, Tennessee guy. Oh, I'm just sitting back and I'm listening and they're challenging you and you know, and I'm I'm loving it because uh, a lot of stuff that was being said is just beautiful. Um, we didn't beat Clemson, obviously, but we are um, wasn't supposed to beat them, right? But we're supposed to surprise the world. It didn't happen. I'm concentrating on Pittsburgh. And continuing our season and doing what we're supposed to do. But I got a question for you, Gary. Earlier, you made a statement saying um, you you had your editor on, and you guys was going back and forth, and you were saying um, Pittsburgh defensive coordinator. Oh, that guy, 
He knows how to draw up a defense. Watch what Narduzzi. he did. Look what he's going to do. I was talking about yeah. Narduzzi, the head coach. Yeah, and watch. Hey, he's going to look at points what we made the mistakes against Clemson. Now he's going to draw it. He's going to cap it up. Gary, please. Did he do that in the last couple of weeks? And got no. him behind, got thirty points. Did, did, yeah. Okay, so why? Okay, so he's going to eat. So he's going to eat breakfast a little strong. But he did hold Louisville around. to twenty. Yeah, but that's oh, that was the first time. That's the, if you want to fall back to that. That's three weeks ago. When people come on here and they make points, you tell them sometimes don't fall back to three weeks. Stay into the current. Let's stay into yeah, the I'm current. Just, what was I mean, I don't, I don't know what what Pittsburgh defense we're going to get. But you're saying I think they're okay. I, I don't think we should. I don't think they, they, I don't think we shouldn't win the game. But you're, you're telling us, hey, heads up, guys. This defensive coordinator, hey, he's going to dig in. He's going to see. No, what I'm just saying. Is. I'm not he, saying that. I'm saying you have to respect him, Ross. You got to respect him. Respect anybody. You got to respect. He anybody became a head coach guy. because he was he was a great defensive coordinator at Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, and he dug up and he sat down and he figured out the last two weeks that they got a thirty. He got a thirty burger put on him. Okay. Yeah. So well, they're a couple the players thing. away from being five and zero oh at the same time. So they're not. Hey. They're not. They're not a great team. They're not a great team, but they are a couple players away from being five. Yeah, but that's why I don't really want to hear that. I don't want to hear he's going to dig in. I mean, they missed an extra point. They missed an extra point in overtime. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's a lot. But, okay, you can say that, Gary, but then there's a lot that – I watched the game. There's a lot that went on the game for for them to come to that point to miss that extra point. Right. Why are they in overtime? I get you. I'm with you. Okay, Zach. Now you're with me there. Now you're with me. I'm, right. I'm, I'm with you all the way. Go ahead. Keep going. Here's the thing. Here's another. Here's the thing. Great points by when everybody coming on saying, you had this. You just had on one guy that says not coaching. Oh, my man, it's not coaching to a point because this is coaching all the way. Your true freshman, absolutely true raw freshman, is back on a punt. Yes, the kid kicked the ball. He picked it up. He knew he wasn't going to be a penalty anyway, so he tried something. The next time out, he's between the one and the ten, and he barely just missed that ball. If he touched that ball and it it skips out of his hands and it goes in the end zone and Clemson get it, guess what that is, Gary? That's a touchdown. Yep. He had no business. He should have been poisoned. No, I'm thinking to myself, who the hell has been coaching this guy? Okay. Then that goes back to coaching, Gary. (laughs) And this is why when we make our point, this is why sometimes when you fight us off, we we got to go back to certain things and come back to that. That's a coaching moment that didn't happen. So who does that fall on? You know, I'm trying I'm trying to think who would be coaching the punt returners. I believe Coach Hickson. I believe it, I believe Coach Hickson coaches the punt returners. But if I'm wrong, don't hold me to it. I'm not 100 percent on that. But I'm pretty not, sure that he's the, the one. Just, let's not do the let's not just do the punt returners as far as the saying him alone. Everybody on that sideline should have got all over him when he did the first thing. So he'd be scared to death. And guess what you just did? You put the you put a true freshman out there again, trying to give him confidence, but you still gotta coach him up while he's standing there between the one and the ten. This is what you don't do. This is what you're supposed to do. Watch the ball. If it starts bouncing, first of all, you should not you should never let the ball bounce. That's number one mistake. Nobody brings that up, but first of all, he made it bounce. So not only he made it bounce, because he's supposed to run up on it and catch it, so not only he made it bounce, he made it bounce that he was going to try to pick it up again. Coaching all the way, Gary. You're with me or you're not? Um, well, I mean, uh, on that one, I'm with you. 
you know, I, I think that, okay. that, that, that you have to look at coaching on that. And if, if the kid wasn't better prepared to, to function out there, he shouldn't have been out there. That's he a tough place. To, it's, it's a tough place to put a true freshman for the first time. Let's be while, you're, while you're reeling, while you're reeling. And guess what? Yeah, that's a, now you're not I mean, like I'm this. not sure, like, you know, I, I know they're not happy with Pope and justifiably so, but he, but he was out there for the first time this year too. I, I probably would have stayed with Pope for this game and then maybe tried Restrepo this week. And guess what Manny should have done, dear? You're probably not going to like me saying it. Thank you, by the way, for agreeing with me. You haven't done that in a long time, Gary. I appreciate you. Here's I try to agree with you. Here's what Manny should have done right there. Whoever put him out there should have got ripped. If I was Manny, I would have took him right off the No, because thing. Manny's – Manny, Manny – that's not done without Manny signing off on it. No chance. Well, that's – okay. Well, here we go. When we ask you to put Manny to blame on something, you sometimes kind of dance around it. So now you're putting him to blame. So that's that's his fault. Yes yeah. Or no? no. No. No question. That comes, he definitely he de- he definitely that, would have signed off on that. And that's where we come back to saying he's sometimes he's over his head. Could the kid just went out there and made a mistake before? Not a mistake, but tried something that could have got him. It could have went totally different, and he didn't went out there. I don't want to. I don't want to keep beating on. I just want to get to the point where everybody is telling you. At least eighty percent of the phone calls are telling you it's coaching, coaching, coaching. And I just wanted to drive that nail through again with a little different. I'm getting into the door, but I'm taking a different way of getting into the door. You kind of been closing the door on everybody tonight. I just got to find a different way to get around you and get inside that door to make that point. And I just wanted to do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Any doors? <laughs> Ross, you're insane. Go ahead, keep going. Hey, hey man, listen, man. You know, the the reason we're here together. is for everybody to give their opinions. Go, keep going. Yeah, we don't have a show. We don't have a show if we don't do this, right? Correct. Um, keep here's going. Another, here's, <laughs> here's another thing. I came on the show and I brought up um, the fact that I wasn't totally confident and very happy to see that Carter was going to be filling that spot. And you got all over me. You jumped all over me, right? And, mm-hmm. and and I said, um, listen, Gary, the reason why I'm saying that because he's a headhunter and he has not learned his lesson. That wasn't even really his fault. And this, he really kind of got blocked into it. But he shouldn't have been nowhere around it. Once the ball is delivered, he's got to put on that break. He shouldn't have allowed himself to be blocked into. Also, here's another thing that annoyed me. Why are we having timeouts on special team guys running on the field the other night we watched two get two incidents where guys are running on the field late. Are we not losing this game? <laughs> are we not are we not losing this game? So why are guys not on their tippy toes, ready to get in, knowing what your assignments are? It comes back again to concentration and coaching, Gary. It comes back to coaching. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not being prepared. So we have to burn the time out. Those are the things that's going to get you. Hurt, cost you losing games down the road. Maybe obviously against the Clemson, you was already behind the eight ball. But these are the things that you got to be able to coach up, punished, and get ahead of. Yes, okay. right, Gary. Yeah. Okay. Another one. Here's the thing that really, really, really annoyed me the other day. I am watching DJ Ivy. He, I guess, he was sitting on the boundary on um, the running back, breaks break loose. If you do anything, you you push him out of bounds. He, if he gets 30 yards, fine. If he gets 50 yards, fine. But you don't whiff there. You are a veteran D-back. 
And you, he, he goes to him like he's going to hit him. Then he holds up a little bit. Then he decides to go. Hey, we don't like to call guys scared on this show. Gary, he looked a little timid like he didn't want to bring that hit. He didn't really want to. I, I don't know if he – have he ever bring the hit stick out the, out, out, out the tunnel? Don't give that guy the hit stick anymore if he did because he did not bring the <laughs> stick on that one. You remember the play? No, no, not he a problem in head, Gary, on the, on the running back, on the big, the, the big play, when he scored, I think it was over what, 70 yards? Uh-huh. ETN up the sideline when he didn't step out of bounds. You know who should have got him out of bounds there? That was Ivy. That was number eight. Yeah. So he That's took a bad angle, right? Hit. From what I remember, took a not bad angle. Back, no, not even a bad angle. Hit. He came up ready to drive, and he, he held up. I'm trying to remember who it was that was running in the wrong direction. Was it Gervin Hall? Oh, one of the say, I mean, well, Bolden took a bad angle, and there was, I think it was Gervin Hall was running in the wrong direction. I don't know what he was thinking, but I well, if Bolden took a bad angle and Hall was doing that, Ivy had a straight shot at him, and he hesitated first, and then he decided he was going to do it. And it was too late. You can't have that. He's a veteran player, and you can't look timid on that. That's terrible. Yeah, and Gary, we really need an explanation of why did we switch out and put Campbell back. What is that all about? Can you tell us? No. (laughs) No, I can't. (laughs) He probably did better than Zion in practice. I I mean, I don't have any other explanation. Seriously? I am assuming that's what happened. We're we're sitting there, we're looking, and we're watching this. Campbell is a big dude. And he was struggling to get back. He doesn't have the proper kick or the punch to play the position. He just don't. He's he's better on the right side, but guess what? That's acrobatic. So guess where he's mo- he should be on the bench. Yeah. All right, Ross. You got anything else? I, I got a whole slew of guys here that want to get in. So, um, you have any other points? Two more. All right, go ahead. Quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. What are, what is the chance? Okay. What is the chances of the guys that just put us in the top five? What are our chances? The D linemen. I don't think they're very good. I, I we're trying to figure out why he keeps putting Miami in the top five. We don't. I mean, and, we and, we 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 see no signs that Miami's really in that kid's top five. We're we're trying to figure that out that, right now. And I said this to you last week. This is why we need a different defensive line coach. God bless him. He didn't come in. He didn't come. In, he didn't get put on staff originally to be our coach. And he got thrown into the position, but no mm-hmm. one know nothing about him. He's not a superstar recruiter. He's not even a superstar. He had one guy that went to the NFL, and that guy was already out the league. And, and I don't see why he's there. One last one for you, Gary. I'm going to get at you. You know you're my boy, but I'm going to get at you one more time. Okay. I think it was either D. Black or maybe it was somebody that made a point, and you said at least about the defense in Baker. And you had the audacity, Gary, to say – I don't have any Jackson. I don't have any um, what a, a Macintosh on the D line. If I, you know, I'm always going to go back and do this to you, Gary. At the beginning of those years, you always we did not have an impact player. You don't think, you, you don't think there's a player. difference between uh, John Ford and Nesta Silvera and no, uh, R.J. McIntosh no, and, and Kendrick Norton? What I'm talking about overall, overall, what you what you said about those guys, McIntosh. And Jackson, them, you criticized them also at the beginning of the year. Say you didn't see any. You don't think they're going to be impact players. You don't see any impact. And they end up being that. So do you know what that was? That was coaching. What I'm trying to get back to again, Gary, huh? is coaching, brother. 
is coaching. I hate to do that to you. I know you don't come on here and I'm very prepared. No, I think John Ford is just big and slow. I think Nesta's no, John, just that. I think tough. Nesta's an average player. I just I don't think they have I don't think they have a great defensive tackle right now. I think Kunte has has potential. He's at least a year away. He's got to he's just got to get a little bit more size. And the New York kid number eighty one is fantastic. He yeah, Blissett coming yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they they threw him out there that's a little 90, bit the other night. Ninety two. That's ninety two. That's not eighty one. That's ninety two. He's another New York guy. Yeah, you know I'm going to know my I'm going to know my New York guys. I'm going to know my Jersey guys. Two are very good players. They need to be on the field. The guys yeah. that we have we're playing right now need to be off the field. Yeah. All right, Ross. Down. Next Live week, man. Next Keep week we'll do it again. And, and, you got it. And we're going to be okay. All right. You got it. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. All right. A couple more questions, real fast. Uh, why has it been so difficult to get Miami to play as a disciplined team? Numerous head coaches have tried and failed. I think when you've never or rarely beaten anybody any good, that naturally causes kids to press and maybe try to do things that they can't do, or they let their fundamentals break down. Um, I think the other night there was, I mean, they were, it, there was an obvious attempt to be physical with Trevor Lawrence and that led to a few issues. Um, uh, we didn't see Clemson doing those kind of things. You know why? Because they've been there and they've done that. They know how to go about winning. And I think Miami is still learning how to do that. Um, next one, clearly this team will not turn the corner until we can recruit better on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, two of the three 2021 OL commits are undersized. Um, how are we going to turn the corner here? It seems like rinse and repeat every year. I agree. It is rinse and repeat. You have to be able to reach higher and win in recruiting for, for guys that are, that are bigger and stronger and more established. And uh, right now, I don't think we're positioned to do that. Um, I think we take the best we can get and then have to try to develop them. And uh, this is Coach Justice's first year in the program. And we'll see how it goes from here. But that, that's, that's what it is at the offensive line right now. Take what you can get and try to develop them. And it is rinse and repeat. You know, let's be honest. I mean, you know, I, I keep it real. I mean, it is. It has been. And uh, it's gonna have, it has to get better at some point. Um, is the issue with us getting manhandled at the line of scrimmage a strength and conditioning issue, a talent issue, or both? Um, I want to say it's a talent issue. I mean, just a, this, this carries over from what we were just talking about. Usually – the best offensive line recruits every year are already physically developed. And we're taking the Zion Nelsons of the world who need extended development. Even guys like Isaiah Walker aren't ready to walk in and play from day one. Um, the three recruits in this year's class, you know, McLaughlin is definitely a project. Seymour is probably the most polished of the three, but he's a bit small right now. And Ryde Rodriguez is, is a center prospect of the future. He's not going to have to play right away, but he's kind of in the mold of Corey Gaynor. Uh, so I don't think you're seeing anyone who will end up a freshman All-American or anything like that, but I guess we'll see. Um, you know, I'm also not sure any of the current linemen are going to get drafted. So, yeah, it's rinse and repeat. Got to get better. How does Manny get more accountability from the players with all these stupid pen penalties? Well, the one thing I noticed the other night is that when guys were committing penalties on the Clemson sideline, the coaches were taking them out of the game. We don't see that here. We see guys committing dumb personal fouls and, and playing on like it didn't even happen. So, you know, maybe it starts with Manny becoming a, a tighter disciplinarian in some of those situations. Um, next one, based on the ongoing stats, what would we do with McLeod and Jennings? They're grading very poorly, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think McLeod and Jennings found out last week that the coaches don't have a problem bringing in Sam Brooks and Corey Flagg. And uh, Tyreek Austin Cave might be next. And uh, 
These older guys better start playing better. Um, the coaches can't be happy with the play that they've gotten so far at linebacker. Um, and I think the young guys are going to start to get more and more opportunities. Time will tell whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. It can work both ways when you're throwing young players out there who haven't done it before. All right. Um, we've got, it uh, looks like about 20 minutes of show left. I got a whole bunch of you that still want to get on tonight. So um, let's try to go rapid fire now. Let's make some quick, quick points, quick hits, and uh, try to see if we can get everybody on that wants to get on. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's up, Gary? It's, uh, Scooter DuPont. Hey, Scooter. Talk to us. Uh, all right, I'll just make one point because I know you want to get going with it. Uh, yeah, man, like, well, first of all, you're a saint for just, like, having everybody yelling at you all night. Like, like Oh, I don't care. No, that's what, we, that's what we're here for. We're here to yell at each other and, and, and smack it out, man. You know? Well, it's, fo- it's football season. Well, okay, the point. I just think it's it's funny how like uh, people will call up and they'll just be like, "We gotta fire the coach. We gotta fire the coach. We gotta fire the coach." And then like you'll fire the coach, and then like you'll get another guy in there, and they'll lose again. We gotta fire the coach. We gotta fire. Like it just keeps on going. Yeah, like, now's not the time first. to be having that conversation. We're three and one, four games into an eleven game schedule. We gotta see what happens. You know. But they would fire Manny, right, like in the middle of the season. And then another guy would come in. And, you know, it takes him a little time to get it going, right? You know, it takes a, he would lose a couple of games, and they were like, we got to fire him. we got to fire him. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't stop firing coaches until you get to, like, 20 coaches fired. And then, they, I don't know, they would, have, they would run out of people to fire. Like, you do got to give these people a couple, like a year or two to, 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 to right the ship, you know? Yeah. You wait too. You wait too. If you, but if you wait, if you make a mistake and you wait too long, now you're buying yourself another five years. Oh shit! It's been twenty years. What are you talking about? We've I know. Well, that's what you, you know. You, we've been through. We keep on firing. I know. Coaches. No one sticks around. Because they they, they, they haven't hit on doing? one. How many coaches are we gonna fire? They haven't hit since Butch left. You know. Right. Coker worked for right. a couple of years, right. but. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess one last thing would be um, Packy doesn't coach the linebackers, right? He coaches the um, mostly the strikers right. and special teams. All right. Just curious. All right. All right, man. All right, Scooter. All right, bro. Keep... Next, next, next week, man, we'll talk to you then. Nine, let's go to the 954. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's John. Can you hear me? What's up, John? Talk to us. Oh, okay. One point I wanted to make that I've heard brought up just a little bit, but I thought it was maybe understated when I was reading the, you know, the write-ups from everybody on Kane Sports and even uh, some of the other sites was that the refereeing in that game was horrible. Like, I can't understate, like, I played football, so when you're trying to, you know, build some momentum and driving the ball downfield or maybe you have a stop and those refs called, you know, offsides on Roche, um, that play I actually didn't see. I hadn't tuned into the game yet, but I saw the targeting calls on Carter and on uh, what's his name Smith. Carter, he was guilty. Smith, real questionable. A lot of ticky tacky calls. Clemson. Well, he led. He led with right his right helmet. Up. He led with his oh, helmet. They, they, they don't let the you. They, they don't. I know. I know. But they're they don't let you do that anymore. They, you can't use your helmet as a weapon. The, the you know it, it's clear cut. They tell you, they call it every week. You just you got to be able to tackle without leading with your helmet. Uh, I don't know. It was just just this tough, you know. Like Miami, 
they definitely didn't come out the game. Sorry, come out the gate firing like they looked. I think one of the guys said earlier, uh, really unprepared, and also with Lashley, I was wondering what was he doing because he started deviating from his game plan early on. You know, like I know we talked about uh, what's his name, um, number twenty-three Harrison, get the ball to the second quarter, but he, they might be Miami was even going with these Mickey Mouse gadget plays where they were having, I think, Jalen Knighton running motion and somebody flipped him the ball and he got caught behind the line of scrimmage. And they did that with one other back too. So they were doing a lot of stuff in that game that was not their usual successful plays, and they act like they got intimidated, you know, by big, bad Clemson and Venables calling. I mean, did you think that too about Lashley deviated from his normal methodical game plan way too early? I mean, I don't. They they didn't look the same to me. I don't. I don't think the tempo was there. I I mean, they looked to me like they landed on the big stage and and it was too big for them. From the coaches on down to the players, but I like I said, yeah. I, I think I think it's great. I, I really do. I I can't stand going through seasons and not having challenges and not playing real teams. I, I think you got to know what you are, and I, and I just think way too often here it, it's all about marketing and blowing smoke up people's butts, you know. And it's like it's 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 like let's get a real football program going here, and let's find out if we're moving in the right direction. And I think we found out on Saturday night that we're not moving as far in the right direction as we thought. So you know, right. now we got to see. Now we got to see how how the rest of the season goes, and then maybe we'll get another chance at the end of the year to play a good team and see how that how that looks. Then One you start you start next year with Alabama, so oh. you know we'll see. You know, <laughs> oh boy. well you got to play these teams. You got you got to play people. You got to you know it, 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 what is the, is the point of University of Miami football to be a fraudulent program? Or do you want to be a big-time program again? Well, you can't be a big-time program if you don't see what a big-time program looks like. No, I agree. I, I like the big game against Clemson. I mean, the build-up and everything. Absolutely. You know, everybody's intensity was up, so I agree. One other, one other point, Gary, real quick, was that what happened to the tight end game plan? They have these two studs, you know, Mallory and um, Brevin Jordan. I think Mallory's got, what, three, four catches the whole year so far? Like, I don't know. Uh, Brevin Jordan had three catches. Biggest game of the year, Brevin Jordan had three catches for 31 yards. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's what made me think about why did Lashley, of all of all the people that I was looking at, the defense, I mean, I've heard some people knock Baker. For for what Miami had going, going up against what Clemson had, the defense the first half held them as well as they could. I give them maybe a B-plus for a grade. First half of the game. Second half was way different. Like, you know, when the game. Talking about the Miami early. defense, you're giving a B plus. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying the first half. They um, gave up 300 yards in the first half. They gave up 300 yards. Hmm. It's well, a lot of yards. Out of hand, they were down. Yeah, yeah. The score was out of hand because they had three block field goals. Right, right. Well, I mean, at least they held. I mean, that was a four. That was a forty-point game. That was a and Frank Latson dropped what would have been another touchdown. But that that was a, that was really a forty-point game. Wow. Wow. They gave up three hundred yards in the first, of, of offense in the first half. Two fifty in the second half. I don't know. I felt more like the offense definitely didn't show up at all. The defense showed something. Oh, you, you know why you feel uh, that way, John? You know why you feel that way? Because the defense played hard. They were they were they were playing hard, man. Those kids were giving max effort. You can't knock the effort at all. They might not have been good I enough, agree. 
or they may not made they may have made a bunch of mentals whatever it was but you can't mm-hmm. knock the effort the effort was there that's true i agree i like with yeah. bolden when they showed him with that blood you know that's that, that's it at all yeah wow all right okay, john Gary, I'm not gonna keep yep you. shout out us next this. tuesday man thank we'll you do. let's go to the 225 you're on kane sport live hey gary how you doing man doing great who's this Hey, man, this is Jason in Baton Rouge. Hey, Jason. Welcome to the show. Give, tell us what you got real quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll be pretty fast. Um, the first thing I want to do, Gary, give you some credit, man. Um, I came on the show when um, Matt was on, and I was like, man, you know, I, I wondered if did anybody give you credit for uh, saying what you said about Red Lashley when you say, what has Red Lashley done? He's done nothing because we were three and zero, and everybody was like, "Oh, uh, well, you know, Red is going to leave. He's going to go, and all this stuff." I'm like, "Wait, he? What has he done?" And so I just want to give you kudos for saying, "What has he done? He hasn't done anything. He finally went up against." Uh, well, I mean, I, I think he's done a lot. Like, I think he's transfor- transformed the offensive side of the ball. But I, I just think people got to slow down, man. It's like slow down. It's like, yeah, I mean, let let people accomplish something first, right? And, and and that's what I'm saying, you know, that he's he's done a lot. He's he's modernized offense, but in terms of um, putting his offense up against a real defense, which we, we were saw, terrible, and um, it was he just wasn't ready. And I do have a question for you, um, and then I'll give you my my stance on this. How do you is the star system, because a lot of people tend to talk about the star system and say, oh, it's not, you know, we don't care about stars. We don't care about stars. I personally, I'm not a star whore or anything like that, but I do care about stars because if you go look at the, let's say the top five uh, teams in the country, they all have a boatload of five stars. You can go through their recruiting class and you'll see that there's a lot of five stars in those classes. So what do you think about having that, you know, I mean, again, it's not everything. It's not the end all be all, but it does have some validity to it. Um, you, you, what you're, you're asking me if I think it has some yeah, political I, nature I to you it. My, I gave you, I, yeah, I, 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 a little I bit. My, like, I, I think like, you know, there's some schools that have been great recruiting schools that if a kid is, is being offered by them or, or signing with them that, you know, maybe like there's a little bit of a benefit of the doubt sometime. Like, you know, yeah, maybe that kid's a four star instead of a three star, or maybe he's a higher ranked four star than a lower ranked four star. I think there's a little of that in 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 you know in the deal. Yeah, I, I definitely do. So I'll, I'll make this last point right here. When um, tell me this, um, a lot of people tend to say that. You know, when we play against uh, some of the more inferior teams, this is their Super Bowl. Now, we Miami is clearly a you know inferior team to Clemson. It's not even a question about that. Why that's not our Super Bowl? I always say, oh well, we're, we're everybody's Super Bowl. Why? And then when we get the chance to play them, it's another game. It's it's not a Super Bowl. No, when we that play is, Super Bowls, we don't show up. We don't show up for them. <laughs> we're not we, yeah, we're not competitive. Well, it's like 2017 Notre Dame. We, you know, we we had a great matchup. We got them at home. We showed up. It was great. Since then, we haven't shown up for a big game. Yeah, that's three yeah, exactly. three years now. We haven't shown up for a big game. So I don't know. And and 
Yeah, and I, I'm a I'm a you know big Miami fan, but I'm also a realist, and I just just want to put things in perspective. You know, a lot of times we have to just pump those brakes just a little bit. Um, we have to, you know, build if we're going to build a team, a sustainable team, you need to build it, you know, team inside out, meaning the offensive line and defensive line. So if you don't have that, which you know, I don't know, we we you know getting two linemen and and every single class is just not going to cut it. So that's just my thoughts. I'll go ahead and, you know, let you finish out the um, All right, Jason, give us a call. So no problem, man. Give us a call next time. All right, let's go to the, um, the 786. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you? Doing great. Who's this? It's everything. Oh, hey, everything. Man, I'm not used to you calling this late. All right, listen, you're not, you don't have your usual time tonight. You got about a minute, minute and a half, so give it to us. What you got? Hey, I want to talk about a real good positive here. Um, people might make fun of it, but we blocked three field goals. Yeah, that, great that, job. That's, I, that's, we're always, I'm, I'm, I'm always talking bad about Patsy, so let's give him credit. He was able to get yep. his job done. And, and, well, they, and the they kids, identified uh, the weakness, the and they spot. went after it, and they were successful. Let's 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 give them some love because obviously, you know it's it's a ten twenty one game at half. You get the ball to start. All you have to do is score one time. If your offense scores, guess what? It's twenty one seventeen, Gary. So the opportunity was there. Unfortunately, they did not take advantage of it. What's worse, when Clemson had their first possession of the second half, we forced a turnover. Great field position. Again, our offense wasn't able to do anything with it. You talk about the disparity among talent. Look, the worst thing is that they're true freshmen and they're redshirt freshmen, they're better than our third and fourth and fifth year seniors. Our third mm-hmm. year juniors and our fourth and fifth year seniors, they're, they're, their freshmen and redshirt freshmen are better than ours. And that's what tells you that the talent disparity is there. And what's most painful about that situation, Gary, how many of those kids are from South Florida? And how many new kids from South Florida this year will be going up there as well? And you've got to stop the bleeding somewhere. And unfortunately, it's not happened. In terms of what we need to do, you saw a little bit of the linebackers getting some picks. I'm still concerned as to, you know, why we continue to force, you know, things into a situation in terms of loyalty. Greg Rousseau tweeted today, hey, guys, I don't know who the message was for. He said, hey, guys, don't despair. I had to wait till game six of last year to be a starter, and now I'm, I'm going to be a first-round pick. Interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's 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 a pattern there with Manny. It always has been, and there always will be. In terms of our quarterback depth, well, Christian Williams isn't here. He's gone. So basically, we've got three guys that basically can have to fill that void, and two freshmen that are not ready, obviously. In terms of our wide receivers, Jeremiah Payton, first series, he has two plays. He screwed up each play. When you heard Coach Likens early earlier in the year thing he had to get in his playbook, this guy absolutely positively has the same football IQ apparently Mark Pope does because he couldn't even remember what to do. So Redding is our best young wide receiver. And in terms of our punt return, let me tell you, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, especially against UAB in, in, that, in that third and fourth quarter, there came a time where you had to play with strap by a punt returner. You don't go ahead and put this kid under the big lights, under the big stage, for the first time, to return a punt. I think he was on one or two maybe against Florida State in the fourth quarter. you got to give a kid like that more opportunities. Is he being coached up? Listen, none of you guys have ever coached. 
That kid's been coached. Unfortunately, it's a different thing when you're at practice than when the lights come on. So those of you that have never coached, open up your eyes and learn from those of us that have. Even a different sport, he is being coached. They are being taught. They're not utilizing what they're being taught. It hasn't become second nature. It hasn't become habit. And with that, Gary, I'll let you go. All right, everything. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Um, let's go back out to the 786. You're on Kane Sport Live. You with us? 786 going once, twice. All right, we'll do it next week. Let's go to the uh, 727. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. What's up, man? What hey, you got uh, for us? Oh, not much. Um, I, you know, I, listening to everyone tonight, I think it's crazy. The, you know, I was on last week. I told you I thought we had a good chance of winning that game. I probably looked like a fool this week. But, you know, everyone keeps saying that we were way out talented, and I, I don't buy it for a second. We were out. out we were. In terms of defense versus offense. No, I, we, I we were. We were out-talented, out-coached. It, it was really pronounced at the line of scrimmage. But, I mean, in, in, in terms of their defense against our offense, total, we were totally overmatched at the line of scrimmage. Their defense was in a position to win. Our offense, uh, Lashley shit the bet. He, his yeah, game plan he did. fell apart, and he had no idea what to do or how yep. to do it. Venable he did. put him in the big time. And Clemson yep. is – Clemson views this. Miami's the one team in the ACC who I think could potentially at least challenge them. Or and Clemson knows that damn well. They tried to score with two seconds left in that game. They had a bigger, or a lesser lead against Virginia the week before, and they pulled all their starters midway yeah. through the third quarter. They were riding us right to the end of that game. So I don't think me, they had their starters in it. They didn't have their starters in at the end, but they, they, they ran a play trying to score. I was they shocked. Yeah. They had a lot of them in the game. The defense uh, yeah, I was, I was shocked on that last play. They didn't take a knee. I agree with you. Yeah, they, they were trying to score till the very end. They wanted to throttle us. You know what? They beat us good, but they didn't, you know, uh, well, I mean, maybe they blew us out of the water, you could say, but that was on all our offense. The other thing is to everyone calling in, bashing the, the defense, that one guy who just was on a few minutes ago said B plus. I agree with him 100%. Clemson, you had the best offense, one of the best offenses in college football, had the ball for 40 minutes against our defense. You know, yards yards be what they may. You know, 40 minutes, uh, you're losing the, the, the time of possession, two to one. The fact that we didn't get massacred, you know – that to me well, is, is something. We in. we kind of did get massacred. They just they just missed their field goals. Yeah, well, well you know, hey, if if they didn't miss their field goals, if uh, our guys caught some balls, you know, I, I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda, they did. Um, you know, we always to the to the inverse, you always say, oh, if uh, I mean, those field goals alone were a sixteen year. point were a sixteen point swing there. Between the nine yeah, they didn't get I mean, and the seven we got. That's a 16-point swing. We lost by 25. So I'd say a 41-point yeah. loss is kind of massacred, especially when they're calling off the horses a little bit in the fourth quarter. But, you know, whatever. The But but at the end of the day, the, you know, the, so the, the problem I have is is you look at it talent-wise that there was one glaring differential in talent. 
And even with as good as De'Ara King is he's playing this year up until this game, Trevor Lawrence is light years ahead of De'Ara King. Size, arm strength, you name it, he way better. Here's the thing. He's going away next year. Uh, you know, you take him out of the equation, that's a, I mean, you know, I, obviously that's a big thing. But I just, to me, uh, you take him and ETN out of the equation, the other 19 guys, uh, you know, give some here, take some there. Yeah, I, I, I don't see I don't a see running back team. on their roster really? that's anything like ETN, but they, they're, the quarterback they got coming up is going to be uh, damn good. Anyway, listen, i got to let you, let you go for tonight. We're out of show, yeah, but yeah, um, right. give us a call next yeah. Tuesday. All righty, will do. All right, man. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. I hope uh, everybody enjoyed a lot of great conversation. We got uh, the pit on Saturday at noon, and we'll be back next Tuesday night to slice it and dice it up. So until then, good night, everybody.